0: Listening to the Quarter to Three movie podcast for Pacific Rim. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here this week with Christian Murlenskinsey. It's Raleigh. <laughs> and with an with a Pacific Rim tagline Kelly Wand. <laughs> Get it, Rim Shot. Pacific Rim shot, very nice. Now I want, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone listening. We have recorded one heck of a Pacific Rim podcast for you guys. Unfortunately, you will never get to hear it <laughs> because we had a bit of a technical difficulty. So all this wonderful stuff that we did for you, uh, we lost it. So that was like our, that was like our rehearsal, uh, and now we are back with the actual performance so uh basically, <laughs> that's how they normally do it they film
1: something and then when it doesn't come out they go that was rehearsal and then they just redo it
0: you know what that's a good point so that's you know what there point. were no technical difficulties right. we had a rehearsal right on schedule yeah exactly so this is going exactly according to plan um and we're here to talk to you about pacific rim so uh Dingus, without spoiling anything about Pacific Rim, because maybe some of the listeners, maybe they haven't seen it, and they don't know if they want it, they don't they even know what it is yet. So, Dingus, why don't you tell folks a little bit about Pacific Rim without giving anything away?
2: All right, well, this week we saw Pacific Rim, mm. a 2013 action-adventure fantasy science fiction movie about a bunch of robot jocks fighting to cancel the apocalypse. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro and written by him with Travis Beecham, based on the latter's story. You see, because Travis Beecham got a story credit
1: as well. Anyway, it stars Charlie Beecham. Day. I might I get it. Because Pacific Rim, Beecham. Beecham. I'd say that last re- rehearsal. <laughs> Thank God.
2: Anyway, I know Tom is pleased that it stars uh, Charlie Day. Um, also, Charlie Hunnam Diego Klattenhoff, which, as I said the first time around, I cannot get over how awesome that name is. Diego
0: Klattenhoff. But oh, wait, there are more. Aw- there are more awesome names. Give us two more awesome names, as awesome or more awesome than Diego Klattenhoff.
2: or as Australian. Um, well, I've got three more names for you. I don't know uh, how they rate on the awesome scale against
0: Diego
1: Clattenhoff.
0: Kelly Wand and I will be the judge of that, Dingus. Give them to All right, us.
1: one Here's- judge between the two minds, <laughs> I'd like the robot. Spoiler. Good. I'm glad we're both... Which which hemisphere are you, Kelly Wand? There's a hemisphere? I'm that middle <laughs> part, the Corpus Colossum. If it was on the side, it'd be fucking great.
0: Corpus Colossum. It means no worries. So we have Idris Elba. That's Alba. An, That's awesomer than Diego Klattenhoff. Right, Kelly Wand? or height? Both. Bern Gorman. Also awesomer than Diego Klattenhoff. Uh, I loved her in this. And?
2: Rinko Rinko Kikuchi.
0: <laughs> nope, not, yeah, but not as awesome a name as Diego Klattenhoff.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. You're going to put Rinko
1: Kikuchi below Diego Klattenhoff? Only Think the supplies. Rinko,
0: Yeah, Rinko Kikuchi sounds dirty. It does. Her Kikuchi's in babble, though. Whoa, 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 Kelly Wand. I way rin- inappropriate. Way inappropriate. Uh, well, saying, whether or not oh. it
2: sounds dirty has nothing to do with, with whether or not it's awesome.
0: I think, I think awesome things shouldn't sound dirty. For the, I'm thinking of the children here, Dingus.
2: Oh, that's right. That's from Leviticus. Uh, <laughs> Pacific Rim is rated PG-13 for sequences of intense sci-fi action and violence throughout and brief language.
0: <laughs> Pacific Rim did not open at number one. What? Pacific Rim was pwned by not only by Grown Ups 2, ouch, but by Despicable Me 2. It was a pair of twos. It's basically got a four, like, sitting it's right speed. above it. Right, a rim. Two <laughs> pairs beat a rim, yes. Uh, it's four <laughs> robot jocks, two robots. It's
2: so fluffy!
0: <laughs> so, uh, Despicable Me 2 ran away with the weekend. Uh, Grown Ups 2 came in ahead of uh, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim came in at number three. It made $38 million. Uh, We had a little bit of a discussion last night about why that may have been, and I, I think some of us are more surprised than others. But the basic thinking is... It's, you know, sequels have an inherent advantage, there's nobody famous in Pacific Rim, and it seems like the sort of, it's the sort of thing that would mainly appeal to nerds like us. As uh, opposed to
1: seeing a famous middle-aged actor's balls and deer
0: urine. Um, exactly, right. That's way, that's too lowbrow for us. Although well. I can't speak for grown-ups, that's just despicable me. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of the Grown Ups 2 trailer though. I have no desire to see the movie, but that's one heck of a trailer. I'll watch that if you're times. even groaner this time. Uh so on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, Pacific Rim's is 72%. <laughs> on uh, and Grown Ups 2 by the way, I love this detail. I, I think you guys were amused by it as well. Pacific uh, Grown Ups 2 on Rotten Tomatoes 7%. <laughs> awesome. That's a whole lot of Wampum. <laughs> uh, on Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, Pacific Rim is at 65. Now, Kellywan, we've already rehearsed this once, so I'm expecting that the Pacific Rim... Wait, wait, we got to talk oh. about the math for a minute. God, uh, what's wrong with uh, you? We've got to redo all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
2: What was the 7%? That's the number of people who liked
0: it. Percentage of Grown Ups 2 positive reviews, 7%. So another way to think of it, Dingus, ni- here's some math for you. 93% of all reviews of Grown Ups 2 were like, oh, God. But then the audience was all,
1: oh, God, yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> People like their lowbrow humor, Kelly Wand.
1: Lowbrow. Yeah. Wait, I like how every week you you explain to me the differences and like what the numbers all mean. Mm-hmm. and I never, I always try to pay attention to what you say, but it never makes sense to me, and I just it, pretend.
0: It's because my voice is so mellifluous, and it lulls you into a... Oh, see, I know what that means,
1: so if it's numbers, <laughs> I get stupid. There's, it's like the National League and the American League in baseball. Like, people
0: explain it to okay, me. Okay, now I don't understand That's what I, Exactly. I, I don't know what you're saying, Kelly Wand. I You completely, I, I'm just hearing syllables that make no sense. The what? <laughs> It's the A button and the Y button. (laughs) That I can do. Uh, All right, so uh, enough math. Kelly Wand, we've had a rehearsal. Now let's have the real thing. This week's Pacific Ropsis. Ripsis? (laughs) Ropsis. Pacific Ropsis. Commit to which one you believe in. Kelly Wand, let's have... I want you to drift it like you stole it with (laughs) this week's Pacific Ripsis.
1: Uh, that's pretty good. Thank you. Um, oh, by the way, Tom, I'm reading Master and Commander. It opens with an awesome bro-on-bro-meet-cute. Just <laughs> FYI.
0: When you mentioned that last night, I did not realize it was part of the synopsis. <laughs> you were that you were just that naturalistic with it. Very
1: nice. Whenever you say Pacific Ripsis, it reminds me about Master and Commander to tell you that. Are
2: you really reading that, by
1: the way? No. What, oh, the book? Or what I just wrote?
2: both. Are you reading Patrick O'Brien's uh, titular novel? Yeah. Did you read it? Yeah, I've read like several one? of them.
1: Wait, how many have you read?
2: Uh, I think Tom I got... Set
1: up. <laughs> Stop <laughs> <for a> that. <minute. laughs> I think I got seven in... How uh, many are there? There's like 17. There's 20, but he didn't know it was a bigger hit than he expected, so it's like... <laughs> Come on, dingus! you asked. No, I I know that was
2: yeah good point. What, what totally annoyed me is that they had to like cobble together uh, titles from a couple different books to make the movie.
1: They also changed the movie to French from Americans, so Americans wouldn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> which does tie in with tonight's movie. But yeah, um. uh, sorry. Let's wake up Porky Pig.
0: Oh what? Why why why? No, I love when you guys talk about books. I really do.
1: Master and Commander, too. It came out in 1970, and we're talking about it on a movie podcast.
0: Sometimes you guys talk about books, and it leads me to try to read one of them, and I think, what the hell's wrong with those guys? One of these days, Dingus, I'm going to read that Canticles of Leibowitz thing that you love.
2: You're going to get right on that, and I'm going to get that Cormac McManus guy. I'm going to (laughs) read his Uh, stuff. Blood Blood Moranius.
1: I'm going to read that. That Witcher 2 lore, though, really does it for me. Tom giggled fruitily. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Kelly Wand Pacific Ripsopsis. Right oh, and
1: as With last night's rehearsal, this horrifyingly <laughs> racist opsis goes out to a very special lady named Jeanette. Hi Jeanette. Hi Jeanette. She can't hear you. She's not
2: listening.
0: That's okay, I can't either.
1: Uh Jeanette, whom I've never met yet.
0: <laughs> Pacific Ripsis. Kelly Wan was rapping.
1: (laughs) He was. I thought he was going to say wet. I wasn't reading that either. I just made that up at will.
0: (laughs) Pacific (laughs) Ripsis. I like that some things he makes up at will and some things he kind of makes up involuntarily. Yeah, it's like a
1: mess. (laughs) But in this instance, my mind directed it, not the mind that lives in my robot. All right. Pacific (laughs) Ripsis. Maybe it'll play better this never mind Pacific <laughs> rips this which hemisphere of your brain are you using for this? Oh, see that ties in Pacific hemisphere. we always thought interdimensional c g would invade us on land since that's where we are, but instead it came from a fiery volcano into the Pacific Ocean, nowhere near its rim. <laughs> so, oh. Damn it, if only we'd known giant monsters were living underwater here. We could have just stayed on the Atlantic side. What now, Wand? (laughs) Uh, yeah, Magellan mentions it on page two. Uh, I guess our ancestors thought it was TLDR. Well, out with it, boy. What's he say? (laughs) He's more paternal since last night's rehearsal. Uh, I guess I'm holding Magellan's logbook in my hands here. June 9th, Indians were awesome to us, read their squads, so we smoked peace pipes and then shot them all. Oh yeah, also giant monsters living underwater. Tried making a giant mechanical wicker man out of matchsticks to shoot muskets at them, but then the matchstick guy turned on us too. And then the sea monsters made another giant out of my crew to pick up our ship just now and fling it at itself. <laughs> Guess I didn't discover the earth after all, huh, historians? <laughs> hmm, matchstick man, eh? Any pictures? now. Damn you, won, This ma- anti-matchstick stance is the last straw. See what I did there? You're court-martialed. Men?
2: <laughs> this just in.
1: Check his pulse. Remember last time? Also, there's this thing called missiles. Kind of better range than robot hands. Oi, I'm some Australian actor's voiceover. I play the part of whatever my character's name is in the film. As you can see from this news footage from After Earth, narrated by Jaden Smith in an accent almost this annoying, once we lost our new capital of Cabo, the U.S. declared war on every dimension, except sound, due to the neutrality pact. Then we made Monsters of our own. although technically they were giant robots. To compound the confusion, we nicknamed them after an alcoholic beverage, our second favorite after we ran into licensing issues with the term 40 ounces. Two pilots combined into one average intelligence mind, our memories connected. Man and machine become one. Two, if you count the robot. Oh, <laughs> The movie will start soon, don't worry. Although it was still the first day of the war and all we'd done so far was lose Cabo, we were so confident we'd already won that sneaker companies got involved and started another war with each other that distracted us for months. Our robots got bored, walked off cliffs, started attacking each other verbally. A lot of good robots died that day. A couple men, too. No, Sheila's, obviously. Come on. Anyway, sneaker companies. Some days I miss them even more than I miss watching that can of Coke scene in the road. Although it was weird, because we didn't wear sneakers when we were piloting the robots. We tromped around on these clockwork steel things, stapled to the bicycle pedals on top of these aluminum pistons. To simulate the robot's hand and fist gestures, we used CG. Also had me a way older twin brother. Hopefully the past tense isn't a spoiler. Being brothers during an apocalypse is awesome, huh, twin bro? Yeah, age before beauty. Huh? I thought we were twins, or clones. Wasn't listening. Plus, it's loud. Just like New Times, whatever my brother's name is. Just like New Times. Oh, yeah, by the way, this morning, I at the very least farted in your oxygen. (laughs) Me American-sounding brother. No. Australian actor number two to base. Sea monster detected. Running away button jam, switching to flash forward. May not care in time. Mayday. Mayday. Hey, look, Grandpa, a giant robot just staggered out of the blizzard and fell over two inches from us, and a dude fell out with a couple oil stains on his armor. (laughs) Keep keep kicking his face here, but don't feel no pulse. Reckon he's done for. That's great, Grandpa. Now try the guy's pulse. Need a medic slash mechanic. There's still a bum ticker in this Australian yet, Billy. Quick now, run on home and fetch my dog sled while I try to make a cell phone out of that radiation. Gwan now. But Grandpa, I said Gwan! Damn it, Idris, you and that voice over stupid giant robot bullshit scheme. Now they're all dead and the sea monsters have annexed Fresno, maybe even Barstow by now. Luckily, we have a way better plan. It's called a wall. I'm no scientist. I know you have our last two living ones as comic relief, but against a short line, extra dimensions will be useless. Hey, guys, since they're sea monsters, maybe if we use submarines instead of robots that can't swim? Damn it, Wand, I thought I told you your jingoism has no place here. He's Australian, too, by the way. (laughs) Sir, it's your here from HBO's The Wire. I think I'm South African in this some shit. General, I know most of my robots are dead, and kind of dumb, actually, but if we attack with all two of them at once, maybe try making an inhuman
0: pyramid. (laughs)
1: all <laughs> <laughs> at Wait, you didn't like that last night. <laughs> A pyramid? How's that help us? Oh, wait, that's general, sorry. <sighs> pyramid, how's that help us against sea monsters? Oh, yeah, monsters. Permission to join forces with them and kill you, sir. Permission to scry, Edris. We're going ahead with plan two-foot wall. We saw it in World War Z and it looked briefly effective. <laughs> now do nothing. Now. But, sir, I said nothing. Yes, sir damn you to hell and back. Wait, not back. General? He hung up. Damn him. To heaven. No, wait. <laughs> Alright, you Alaskan-looking extras. Y'all want the bad news first or the good news? Oh, can you make them both bad news, Coach? Fine. <laughs> the first bad news is we lost three welders on the wall. So the similar news is that we need... Uh, Jesus. What a <laughs> I mean... So the similar news is that we need... <laughs> Why did you erase the other recorder? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? So the similar news... (laughs) Damn it. It's it's all in the script. Is that means we need three more victims to follow suit, preferably specialists at walking on stilts and giant robots. Mm Now, who's in? You only eat if you die. You know the rules. Uh, we can't use robots to weld shit, or at least move the girders. Not waste another laser on you, Wand. Hey, you look Australian. What do you say, champ? I say, put another rivet on the goody. For me (laughs) dead... For me dead way older twin brother. Sounds like someone saw some action at Guadalcanal. We gonna weld it, we gonna act. Alaskan. Australian. (laughs) All right, you you're some random guy. He welds rest of you mooks for his dinner and Seuss's. Now get to working back. These sliding chalkboards are useless. I've almost proven it with all these calculations that my infernal legs are asleep again. Fortune favors the annoying American, Josh Hartnett. Hey, General Alba, if I put battery cables on my tongue, I can CG in a monster brains and learn exposition. <laughs> <laughs> Judson, you spoke more recently. I find Josh Hartner less annoying for now. Josh, good work. Lord it over him while I go stand around the command room. Or there, Asian girl, I'm your love interest. You can tell me apart from the asshole character, because he's slightly taller. Although when we're not in the same shot, good luck. In my imagination, you smell different! <laughs>
2: <God, bring up. laughs> Speak it like you stole it.
0: <laughs>
1: You're welcome, Jeanette. I'm going to reprise that line because I want it to be perfect. In my imagination, you smell different. Better a whoops. Let me check out your chest. I mean past. I run away now It's aroused disgrace. A disgrace. Heh heh. She reminds me of my brother, after the sea monster ate him. Uh, you know. It's a manual. (laughs) I want to lick teriyaki sauce off kookabur. General Elba, I thought you were Australian man, shirtless. My smile not for you. Why not use peepholes? Make your is exonerated, I guess, for <laughs> Tiffany's now. <laughs> Been a few minutes, Asian girl. Here's that shoe you were holding when we met. Why'd you even take it off if you were... Never mind. Point is, I kept it for some reason, or stole it. Now I'm giving it back to you. Because you're letting me pilot robot to avenge statesmen. Huh? No, I want you to hold a clipboard watch a bunch of guys fight with sticks. I mean, I was getting the shoe back now. Jesus. Good luck. Ha, call that a stick? That's not a stick. This is a stick. Not bad, Modine. I mean, (laughs) Australian. It looks kind of... Looks like we're a go. Corporal, get me ten million sticks. Sea monster size. Asian girl, what's your clipboard say? Australian man, boring, but slightly slow. Australian, eh? Get in here, cupcake. I'll show you a face full of bamboo. You heard the Australian. Get in there. No clipboard or shield bullshit. And just because we're in love, I'm not going to hold back on you, Renko. Brits and sex and may all go way back. So will I neither then. Also, at. <laughs> I rewrote that one. Well, didn't think I'd just walk up and slowly swing at you after I said begin, did you? One zip for Team White Man. Hi, jab you and scrotum while you groat. One, one, White Man. Yeah guys, we have roughs, uh players don't announce scores usually. Uh, you guys are doing foreplay and stuff, but actually instead of the core staff thing, maybe we could I'd do it just like a test run in the robot, you know, instead of before we put the girl in there with no training or site profile with a full weapons loadout. While our fail safes are on the blank. Haha, ha, I use machine gun on everyone. Tendu negative million Looks like I found me my new Kikuchi pilot.
2: I am a robot.
1: Ranko, you didn't have a plasma cannon when you were a kid. What the fuck? Uh, then some things happen. Damn you, back to back. <laughs> Damn you to back. Your Asian girlfriend's flashback just about killed us all. If it hadn't taken a ten minutes to raise the robot's arm menacingly. Oh! Apologize to the flashback. What, what are we, 12? Ow, why is she just standing there looking downcast while you keep punching me? If she's the badass, <laughs> apologize to the robot's arm. I'm going to ask you 38 more times. To see how it's it's true. <laughs> Pilots, that's enough, both of you. Asian girl, I thought the way you held that shoe and cowered that alley meant you'd be a natural co-pilot in giant robots <laughs> with Australians when I popped open that cockpit lid with this same haircut 30 years ago and smiled at you. But I'm beginning to think I'm not thinking at all. You're grounded. Australian guy, you're not grounded. <laughs> I can only stop sea monsters if half me brains and Asian girls, or me dead brothers. I said shoe. That's it herself, Sir, permission to be interrupted. Motion carries now. Get down to the mess hall and stand around. Hey, wow, well, an alien brain dispensary? What if I get a price big for writing my own prescription? Well, well, if it isn't Jud Nelson. Uh, Fan-favorite Ron Perlman here from Season of the Witch. Don't you know CG into a monster? <laughs> <laughs> this is so dumb I mean honestly, yes, yes don't you know CG and the sea monster exposition brains is hazardous that's why I stick to living in a coastal city near the Pacific and traffic and contraband that was close I almost ran out of range of its claws for a second hey look the sea monster brain's pregnant Aw, oh, now it's dead too for no reason huh Ron Perlman when Samuel Jackson made that speech in Deep Blue Sea, it was pretty up. Wow, it ate Ron Perlman and died again while I just stood there as usual. How telegraphed. Now I know how the Asian girl felt in that flashback-looking bewildered holding a red shoe instead of this golden alligator one. Listen, other Australian, me I may be in this sling here, but there's a lot of things I wanted to tell you. Only interesting ones that I was thinking about Fido here all those times where he had sex and our robots. But that one time when I said I hadn't faked it, I had... It's a load-off. Now go die horribly out there. And I'm dying with you. General, Australian Three broke his right arm, but the robot lost its right arm in the battle, so actually it makes sense if he... No, Corpus, that what got to do it's just how shit is. Today, at the Rim of our Pacific, at the end of our film, we've belatedly chosen to believe in each other and to a lesser extent ourselves. Today we face the sea monsters in our sinks... Today we are rescheduling the apocalypse for our skates. Oh. <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> All right, troops, settle down. I was just kidding. Now I'm gonna for real. Thank you for not booing me. I hope that doesn't ruin your inspiration from my speech. Today we face sea monsters or something. Whatever I was saying. Uh, today we are rescheduling the apocalypse for a sequel in 2015 that will lose its opening weekend to Grown Up Seven. Now let's do this. <laughs> let's look, that your fighting, but still has time to say stuff. Well, it's actually the Rob Schneider character. Let's pretend that, right? Well, General, it's like I only hope's dying. It's been an honor doing nothing beside you. Then let's clear a path for the lady. And the robot. And if there's still time for the Australian with her inside. Why, man, I sleep in ejector seat while you blow things up and eject later because our spirit's connected like rainbow and English muffin. Wait, they had ejector seats? Did it just sell them all that? <laughs> Can't breathe. Strangling my Asian girl.
0: He can't breathe. He can't breathe.
1: Um. That's them laughing at the dog. Guess I'm in charge. Australian guy number four. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like those flying sea monsters won't be bothering us anymore till we need water or air. Now send out, send fucking out ten jets fly over those ejector seats and not pick them up. Now <laughs> ten ejector jets, on effect. Guys, you guys having sex? It's been like two seconds. Wait, we had jets. I mean, uh, Australia number two, you still there? Copy that. And just between us, looks like a Rinko's about to eat me, baby.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Kelly Wand. All right, so uh, it's no surprise how we each felt about the movie. Let me, you guys tell me if this is accurate. <laughs> That's uh, a... Kelly really didn't, uh, Kelly, uh, actually, I'm never. <laughs> quite sure with Kelly. Kelly was okay with it, but mostly down on it. Dingus was also mostly down on it. I was okay with it and a little down on it. So we all kind of agreed,
1: I think. Yeah. But I'd still see it, and I liked it in 3D and IMAX.
0: And... Oh, right, actually, yeah. So, Kelly, one, you, Dingus, uh, you mentioned that you thought a lot of the action was kind of obscured. It was hard to tell what was going on. Kelly, you sort of thought that on a big old IMAX screen, and even in the 3D, you're coming around on 3D, uh, yeah, that that wasn't really an issue for you. Like, when I
1: saw Up in 3D, I felt dumb afterwards. But then this movie, you guys liked Resident Evil in 3D. That's where you guys kind of cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it in Dread, too. And I think there was one other 3D movie I liked that this year Star Trek fucking that seems crazy.
0: But this worked for you in 3D like you uh, yeah. you weren't sitting there thinking, oh, I should have seen it in 2D. Uh,
1: yeah, it helped uh, the visual darkness issue that Dingus mentioned last night. And I, he
0: could go into now if he wishes to. Right, Dingus, what was your issue with the uh, the darkness issue and seeing what was happening? Uh, well, what I, I really liked
2: I really like the idea of this and I had no idea that there was this whole, uh, mecha, kaiju, Jaeger, uh, thing that is a whole genre that Americans are apparently just trying for the first time since robot jocks. Um, but what frustrated me about this is that you can't see what's going on because so much of it is at night. And in underwater and I, I just wish more of the fighting would have been more visual in daylight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful stuff here and I really, really love the idea. Um, not having any sort of robot jocks or kaiju or Jaeger. Experience or Mecca, whatever they whatever they call this genre in Japan. Not having any of this experience from my point of view, it was really great to experience it here. I just wish I could have seen more of it because all the fighting seems to go on at night, and I can't see a
1: lot of it. Yeah, I know. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Well, I was going to say I mentioned that to a guy at work today who really loved the movie, and he's his defense was, "Yeah, but see, it's because they're like hurricanes, or like they're from the storm, or something, and that's like the metaphor for the robots." And like, I actually out to get out of the way, way of a hurricane, but you can't get out
0: of the way of. I actually like what he's getting at, and and that was my take on on Dingus' complaint, which I understand, but I think what's going on here is that it's how Guillermo del Toro is presenting just the size and the scope of what is happening. Uh, every now and then you do get a, a pulled back shot, but so much of the way it's shot, so much of the way that uh, you only see bits and pieces at a time is in the service of showing you how big and lumbering and massive and epic these things are supposed to be. Um, so I could kind of understand that, and again... I think a lot of this is a CG issue. Uh it's it's you know he wanted to show off the CG water a lot. They did a lot of fancy stuff with that. <clears throat> uh they play a lot more with hong kong at night with the neon that's something that really comes through during nighttime scenes uh but i agreed with dingus like there were a few moments like during the opening montage uh you would see some some news footage and stuff of an attack during the daytime the flashback attack happened during the daytime i did kind of want to see more of a clear daytime view of some of this awesome hardware and monster design uh and we didn't really get that um I was also a little disappointed in uh, – and this gets into what Dingus was saying uh, – into how I didn't feel like a lot of the monsters were that very well differentiated. There's a point where one of them pops open these wings, and it's this great, surprising, awesome moment. And I think there should have been more of those moments. I think yeah. we should have seen more unique abilities. Like, the, the monster should have been differentiated a little bit more. Right. And he, even the robots. I set like, that I even. Right, they they set it up and they do a couple of cool things with the EMP Blast Monster and the Acid Spitting Monster and... I think that the acid one might have even been the flying one, but when, at the end, by the way, when we get the super badass monster coming up, the, the, you know, the all new, you know, by the way, when they're talking during the movie, okay, there's a category two, oh, category three, oh, it's yeah. a category four, <laughs> oh, there's two category fours, you know, we're being set up for a category five, yeah, right. like, you know, all along, and so when the category five one emerges, and I really disliked the last scene for some of the reasons Dingus was talking about, when yeah. that category five emerges, I was kind of like, what? That's that's kind of all you got? Uh, okay.
1: Let's say telegraph that from twist it was like oh no one's seen a category 5 except Helen Hunt and there's a category 5 with right that.
0: yeah you know it's coming it's like and that's the whole reason of of mentioning those categories, so we can break the scale at the end. Yeah. Taps into but our they,
1: fear of number five,
0: <laughs> but they don't match it in terms of like a visual design or the monster capability. Or I don't understand what was so great about category five. And, and the well, Japanese ones Well, that's
2: because we're, uh, we're having the final fight go on in a in a broom closet. I mean, we can't see any uh, anything that's going on. You've got the greatest monster of all time showing up, and and what is it? The way they convey that is a shot. That shows him this monster just sort of scrolling. It's just scrolling. That's how we know it's a big monster because it scrolls for a long time. And oh, there it scrolled for 10 minutes or however long we have to watch it. And that's really all we see. And that's
1: the space the balls choice to show. Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess that's a function of the fact of the rift or the drift or whatever the, the hell rift. that.
0: Throat. It's a throat that goes to the other dimension. It's a drift when you connect Sphincter. with another pilot. Yeah, the, it, the
2: esophagus of the universe is underwater, so we have <laughs> to have uh, we have to have our large battle in the back of our throat, and nobody can see anything there. Uh, why can't we have one major battle in daylight? Well yeah. bother me wing, more, I, I want to see more of it because the, these monsters, they get a uh, um, what you find out is that these monsters are weapons. That these these are these right. are weapons that have been engineered by this alien race. Which you know, whatever. Down. But I just want to
1: see one of these battles take place in the daytime. I don't know yeah, why you can't hurts. do that.
2: Why can't they yeah, afford the Japanese one ones daytime do. The sat- battle?
1: Ones are always like saturated, bright color. Like, you can see what's going on. And they, I mean, we kind of same thing with World War the Like kind of all these different cities and different ethnicities of people in different battles, like Skull <laughs> well, Rock. Or... one of the things that Tom
2: brought up. I think last night was was something about. Is this a Transformers movie or not?
0: Uh, I think it. Is. I think it's a competently made Transformers yeah. movie, which is the important difference. But it's also the tra- it's truer to its heritage than the Transformers movies. I mean, the Transformers movies are are Westernized toys based on this Japanese tradition, and and there's no, as far as I know, I don't think the Transformers ever fight giant monsters. Uh, there's no kaiju stuff with the, the Transformers. That would have been better actually i wouldn't have minded yeah but uh so this is a more of a throwback to the original japanese inspiration uh so i think it is a transformers movie in that it's from the same tradition as the transformers movies but it's not a transformers movie in that it has a competent director uh as much as i didn't care for a lot of things about this movie i I really did like some of the action sequences you know we some of the choreography was really disappointing and you just see shots of things punching each other and then every now and then an elbow rocket comes out or whoops oh we have a sword button over here what do you know that like that's the extent of the choreography but there were a couple of moments where i really realized oh guillermo del toro knows what he's doing i'm in good hands here and and the moment that is probably my favorite is when uh Gypsy Rodin, or whatever it's called, is dragging the the tanker down the street, and you have the low-down shot tracking behind the tanker being dragged like a sword, that oil tanker. And there are a couple of touches like that that I really appreciated that I think would be well beyond anything Michael Bay can think of. Um, They could have had
1: more of them, though,
0: maybe. They could have had more of them, and I think instead what we get is some really misguided... Comics. I want to say, yeah, comic relief character what passes for character development, um all the stuff about the drift, which I presume was a, a a central part of the story they wanted to tell, that went nowhere, um, the avionics stuff with the cockpit, I thought was really disappointing and didn't play up the human element as well as it could have um so for for every competent thing that I thought Guillermo del Toro did, and for every moment where I was really excited by something happening on screen, there were probably three or four moments where I was just really disappointed, and where I felt it it really uh, let me down, and where I expected more, you know, from, from Guillermo del Toro. This is the guy who did uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and Mimic, and Kronos, and even yeah. the Hellboys. The Hellboys movies are silly and goofy, but they have a, this this sense of, of really holding together. I mean, they, they seem like they come from a consistent place. And Dingus, one of your complaints last night was how completely out of place that B-plot seemed with freaking annoying Charlie Day running around Hong Kong being funny. Um, it's not funny, though. Dingus, didn't you say that that stuff was hilarious to you?
2: Uh, I love Charlie Day and I will <laughs> watch him in anything. Uh, if only because I, I'm hoping that he will move in with Tom and talk to
0: him more. Oh, He's doing, it's totally, he's doing a, it's a cross between, it's what would happen if Rick Moranis talked like Bob Pat Goldthwait. Yeah. What
2: what occurred to me today as I thought more, and I I have to admit, um, this movie won't get out of my head.
0: Uh, I is <laughs> drifting with Pacific Rim. I really am. Well, you've talked totally about it
1: for six, six hours <laughs>
0: so far in the past. So <laughs> uh,
2: I love, uh, as, as much as I grouse about the not being able to see a lot of the visuals, I love I love the epic scope of this movie, and I, I really love the idea of it. Yeah. Um, what annoyed me today as I thought about it is you've chosen to make this uh, – Two pilots. Alright, fine. I understand the reason that you're doing that. But if you're gonna say right hemisphere, left hemisphere, we all know, we all know sort of from pop psychology that there's a difference between the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. So why not do something (laughs) like that? I'm going to do something with one pilot is right hemisphere, one pilot is left left hemisphere. What does that mean? And I have Charlie Day running around being in the B B goofy comic subplot with Bern Gorman. Then have that be part of the well? Why why are there two hemispheres and what does that mean? But in this movie, all it means is one one fist and the other fist, and then they the fists jam together. That's it. There's there's no understanding of of That's, what these why do we need two pilots and why why are there two hemispheres of the brain
0: or this
1: hemisphere
0: it's, it's all dingus in service. I agree with your complaint, complaints completely, but looking at the script, I think it's all in service of having this stupid flash I, – I say stupid flashback scene. I actually liked the flashback scene, but I hated that we had Charlie Hunnam walking around in the background of it. It didn't need that. It was a powerful scene, and it was a great image. I love the shot over the shoulder of that big crab kaiju and the little tiny girl running down the streets. I love the flashback scene, but all this drift nonsense was in the service of of us finding, knowing that Charlie Hunnam gets to sit in on uh, Mako's flashback, and then later, this idea of, uh, I, I guess, Idris Elba, well, does he really drift with... But it was, all, it was all for that flashback sequence. Oh, oh and it was so, uh, therefore, that Charlie Hunnam then understands how Idris Elba feels about Mako. I mean, he could have, like, stumbled across a note that had been written or something. Or he could have read in Idris Elba's diary, and the same thing would have happened. Yeah, I know. They, they squander this really cool uh, concept of piloting these machines on just flashback nonsense. And their, their silly character development about now Charlie Hunnam understands what drives Idris Elba. Um,
1: well, that's still less interesting to me than what we don't find out, which is a) how come he's the only one who can do both hemispheres, and then b) why he stops doing that and becomes a general sitting in
0: the fucking command module, and he's bleed twenty years later. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, And as we mentioned, he's he's taken. Uh, this is Dingus. Dingus, What's he? What's in those? What is he eating for for his uh, nosebleeds? <laughs> Altoids. Yeah, I Altoids. think so. But they're not they're future Altoids, though. They come in a future uh, box and you get your name stamped on them. How or is
1: he, so is he a hermaphrodite or two brained or. Are... What? <laughs> That's not what a
0: hermaphrodite is. do you know what a hermaphrodite is? I don't know. <laughs> I forget. Uh, something, that, <laughs> so, something I said last night that, that Dingus disagreed with, and I want to hear more about this. Uh, I think it was a huge mistake to cast Idris Elba, not because he's not good but precisely because he's good. Everybody else looks bad in comparison to him. Uh, And just going through my head as I was watching the movie, Idris Elba has this rare quality that we Americans don't really understand that that well. But the word in every connotation, Idris Elba strikes me as so freaking regal. Uh, And I just thought he did so much better than everyone else in the movie. Now, Dingus, you... You're you're also a fan of Idris Elba, but you weren't crazy about him in the movie. Uh, what what was your issue with him?
2: Uh, I think he's noble.
0: I think he's fine. No regal, uh, regal, regal, like a beagle. No, <laughs> no
2: <laughs> like a king. Kelly Juan, how dare you? Oh, sorry, I was thinking about Larry. I don't think he's I don't think he's that good in this. I I, I think. I don't know if he's bored or what, and What's, I don't know. If, this, I don't know if part of it is that is that I saw the uh, publicity shot in the black suit, uh, my suit's turning black. I, I like it, but it it might it scares me. Um, I don't know if him being in that suit in the uh, publicity shot annoyed me or what, but I I just didn't buy him, and I really really like Elba a lot, but it's I, tighter I, than your members. I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't uh, think he was that good in this. I, I the issue for I me thought he was I, overdoing it. I thought he was being, I thought he was being purposely regal and, and just so, uh, he's just so important all of the time. And, I, I don't know. It's just too earnest for me.
1: I don't it know what, what's as, wrong. Sure, but that's it nice.
0: strikes me as trying to rise to the level of the material though. Uh, cause uh, he's clearly, you know, clearly, he's what he dealt, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly the the movie is supposed to be huge and operatic and larger than life, and we're not supposed to worry about how ridiculous it is that we have these giant robots uh, and the the whole monster stuff. And I, I think he's just trying to rise to the occasion, um, you know. So Dingus, I would like I, I would submit you can see great actors doing terribly with bad material. You can see Ben Kingsley in any number of really crappy movies, and he's terrible. And it's awful. Uh, and I just didn't get that sense from Idris Elba here. I mean, I, I didn't. I wasn't watching this thinking, "Oh, he's just terrible." He was really trying. I guess is what I'm getting at. Um,
2: you know, I would agree with you. Uh, and the, and you just said something at the beginning of this that I don't remember you saying last night, and that is that I think he's just above the cast, um, and that's why it doesn't work for me. Is that? Uh, He's miscast because he's so much better than right. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's why it strikes a false note for me. It's not that he's bad; it's just that he's so good that he's at a different level than everybody
1: else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let That's th- at least he's giving you something, though.
2: No, no, I, I think he's doing a heck of a job. Without it, just, it's it, it, feels dissonant, and and then I can't go into the drift.
0: <laughs> Kelly Wan and Idris Elba are not drift compatible. Or no, Kelly Wan. what's your name again? Dingus and Idris Elba are not drift compatible. Yep. So Dingus, when he goes to sacrifice himself at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, you're not invited. All right. Well, <laughs> let's talk about other people have to in get the movie. One of
2: those pods.
0: Dingus, what do you think of Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy? Uh, from a movie called Deadfall with Eric Bana uh, from some other things. Oh, you mentioned last night dingus. He was in, um, he had a small part in children of men. Uh, what do you think of him in this movie? Dingus? Again, I thought he was fine.
2: I I think that, that this movie has a certain, is trying to strike. And this is why interest. Elba is sort of in a different movie than everybody else. You know, although it is, it is a bifurcated movie. It is the, the Charlie day movie and the Charlie Hunnam movie. um, I thought he was fine. He was he was just earnest enough. He has awesome abs, and uh, he looks uh, appropriately emotional when his brother dies. And I, I think he's fine. I, I don't have any. I don't. I really don't have any problem with Charlie Hunnam. He, he, he knows Sam Worthington, but
0: he's fine. Appropriately emotional <laughs> when his appropriately emotional when his brother dies. That's 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 one for the the review pages, dingus. He'll he'll be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> Look, he was still connected when his brother died. He felt that
2: pain and his fear.
1: By All right. remembering the dinner table. Wait a Make your point yes. about the Robert Downey synergy with the mask thing you were saying last night.
0: Well, one of my problems with the choreography uh, was I, I really liked the CG. Like, I didn't have... uh, it was an obstacle for dingus the way some of it was shot I didn't really have that problem for the most parts when we were seeing the battle scenes that's the part of pacific rim that I really really enjoyed the human element I didn't like but one of the problems was I feel they did a terrible job tying in the human element to the battle scenes Um, we have these two pilots in this big old room that's like the cockpit and they're wearing these suits of armor and they've got helmets on and you can't really see their faces every now and then they'll look at each other and it's worth noting by the way that when idris elba and the the asshole kid are going to sacrifice themselves at the end they take their helmets off <laughs> you know they're like we're going to act now so we uh-huh. want to make sure you can see us we're taking these off but it occurs <laughs> to me that i've seen that and so therefore you've got this great cg intercut with shots of actors standing and gesticulating broadly on a set and it occurs to me that I've seen that done very well recently over a succession of movies, a series of movies, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man movies, and, and specifically in Avengers, where they show this cool stuff with the Iron Man suit happening. And then we cut to Robert Downey Jr. inside, and it's a tight shot of his face. And, you you know, he's an expressive actor. He knows how to make stuff read in his eyes. He's almost talking directly to the camera. It's just a huge Robert Downey Jr. face right up there on the screen. And it intercuts with what's going on. He's reacting. He's talking. We hear his voice some of the time. Some of the time we see his face. You know, we're watching those scenes intercut with shots of looking into his eyes. And that's a huge point. And I feel that's something missing when you just have the actors standing around, you know, waving their hands around and holding some kind of weird little holographic dude hockey puck or whatever. Um, and one of the ways that I, I wished that they had, a, I wish that Gamma de Toro, de Toro had given more thought to, because this is specifically about two pilots interacting with each other, I wished he'd given more thought to how that pilotry, how those avionics right. were staged. And what I thought of. Was uh, in 1974, when John Carpenter made Dark Star, uh. he had scenes of the three pilots in the cockpit together, and rather than just having them sit in a row or whatever, he shot it with one of them – the idea was that they were in really tight, close, confined quarters in the cockpit. So one of them's on the left side of the screen looking to the right. And then behind him is someone on the right side of the screen looking to the left, and then behind him is that as as someone on the left side looking to the right. So you're looking down the line of these three pilots close together, literally face to face with each other. Um, and I, I would have loved to have seen something like that so that we could see interaction between the pilots and that there was more of that human element that came through some of the CG scenes. I really missed that. Um, so, uh, one of the human elements in the CG scenes that we didn't get much of, uh, what did you guys think of Rinko Kikuchi? Did I say her name right? <laughs> did I get it right? Kikuchi? Yeah, yeah, right, because it sounds dirty. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I like that we... we, we was early- that better than what I was doing? That's... never mind. Go How on. was what... <laughs> I like that uh, when we're introduced to her character, there's someone walking down the – it's like a deck of an aircraft carrier, I think. There's someone walking down the deck of the aircraft carrier, and she's got an umbrella hiding her face. And she's walking along in the umbrella, and you can't see where she is. And she comes up and stops, and the camera's there, and she lifts the umbrella up. And, whoa, it's a hot Asian chick. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the reveal. Like I, didn't, I mean, I knew that's what was going to happen. I don't know if I was supposed to – I thought it was going to be hide. one of
2: the robots. I knew I it was going to be a woman. I knew that that what was going to happen is, hey, uh, you lost goose. Now you have to come back. We need you back, and you're going to be paired with a woman. I mean, it was clear help. that it was going to be a woman.
0: But the way that was, shot, that was shot, the way that was shot, almost made me think it was supposed to be someone famous or that you would recognize.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was. Yeah.
0: The but, most, uh,
1: biggest name in the movie, isn't she, Griselda?
0: Is she big? I, I don't know. I mean, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Babel. Uh, what else did we see? Seen Cloud Atlas. No, that's that's Duna Bay. Dadgummit, did I say her name right? Oh, is that right, Dingus? Duna Bay. Did I screw that up? Uh, no, she's she's not the one from Cloud Atlas. She's not the one who who played the the murderous schoolgirl in uh, uh, Kill Bill. Um, yeah, no, she's the, she's the actress who was in uh, Babel. I think how most- <laughs> you thought
1: I, that was my next guess?
0: Yeah, that's where I thought you were going. I was going to head that off. Uh, she's not Lucy Liu, also, Kelly Wand. Oh, from Scorpion King? <laughs> how dare you. JK. Uh, and they're, they're, uh, what did you guys think of their sexless relationship? Not so much as a kiss.
1: Why is that? that? How is that better? How is the PG thirteen? You can't kiss now. Even I mean, I think that's a mistake because she can't
2: even imagine that she should be giving him mouth to mouth at the end. It's like I'm not allowed to kiss him. So
1: can't find a pulse. Hey. I we'll hope it bring some air into the guy's lungs. Hello? Yeah. Oh, and the guy's making a sex joke, like, you guys, hey! Like, they're supposed to be having sex, but they're not having sex. Like, it's well, written in the script that they have sex, but it still
0: doesn't happen. Here, what I liked way better than a sex scene, and I don't mind them not kissing, and I would have liked to have seen more of this. I loved that fight training scene. I loved her in that. I loved her. I guess she had some kind of tank top thing yes. on. Yes. I loved her physicality. Uh, you know, I whatever he was doing, fine. You know, Dingus, you could pay attention to that in his abs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, but man, I loved her. That fight scene was really sexy, I thought. That,
1: that yeah, I, I agree was, with that. And it definitely. was quite a seduction.
0: Uh, Kelly One, we'll get into that during the 3 by 3 oh, Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, by still, the way, I just do don't understand
2: why they didn't explore more of the male-female thing. And the and again, the right hemisphere, left hemisphere thing. I mean, they had the, the, to- the, the Russian... A couple uh, of pilots that was a, a male and a female, and that was I was like, oh, cool, they're actually going to play with this. But I thought, I thought part of the issue was going to be, well, a male and a female have never been pilots together, but they just sort of gloss over that. Right. Yeah, But why? there's got to be an element of the fact that. These two are melding, and that's going to be different than a bro- two brothers melding or a father and a son melding. It's not that like we're shying away from sexuality or or what two men would be uh, sexually together or two women two women would be together. They just
1: never they just
2: gloss over. I, like I wish they had played more with right hemisphere, less left hemisphere, uh, male, female. What does that mean? They just didn't.
0: Do any of that? They definitely didn't play with two girls enough. <laughs> Kelly, want uh, I yeah. want to ask Dingus, what did you think of the music? It was done by a fellow named uh, Ramin Jawadi. I liked did, it. I, I liked it too. And he did. He. I think he's most known. He did the Iron Man movies. I couldn't tell you what the Iron Man theme is, but he does the opening uh, music for Game of Thrones, which is just an amazing bit of music. Yeah. I think uh, so. Kelly Wan and I both like the music in this. Dingus, you're normally the pickiest of the, the music connoisseurs amongst us. How do you feel about the soundtrack to this? Uh, Not enough trying. Uh, I loved the, the score music. I thought it was great, but
2: there's just a ridiculous song at the end that's sort of like this rap song of like, and I am a robot and I jumped over you. And then I, I mean, there's a horrible, horrible, it's one of these terrible, like, crouching tiger songs at the end over the credits that it just made me sit up and go oh, wait a minute I I'm listening to I'm listening to sort of a replaying of the movie but it's just a terrible <sighs> terrible Temple. rap song that's doing it
1: but but the uh, the score music is great
0: Man, I'm glad I don't remember that that might have traumatized me
1: I uh, noticed do- things I wish I'd noticed and I, you know, I'm always annoyed later I zoned out.
0: Continue. Believe me, you didn't want to notice this. It's
2: just
1: horrible. Robot rap? What? It's not bad. Robot rap? What? One, two, three, not only and I'm and I'm calling between. Counting and now
0: Yes, Kelly Wand?
1: That sounded awesome. That sounded awesome.
2: Yeah, it was that uh, that she was holding him too tightly.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. i not quit your day job. Fuck.
0: Where? Ah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm a terrible. Continue. Kelly, one. Speaking of holding tightly, what's this week's three by three? Uh, I thought since best prostitutes has been so
1: long ago, we would do one. To commemorate how long it's been since we did best prostitutes as a topic with best seductions, which is nothing to do with that, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. They both so have a- we,
0: we all know what our picks are. We, we uh, during the rehearsal uh, we we heard each other's picks. There's some dispute about what seduction means. <laughs> so uh, I feel that half of Dingus's picks are not seductions. Half of his three. The male yeah. Math. Dingus oh. feels that a seduction... I don't know what Dingus... Well, is hey, right here the, here the,
1: let him do his yeah. thing, and then you explain why that one's stupid. Because last night, and mine's stupid, too. I thought two of
0: them were stupid. I don't know about stupid. I was just like, those aren't seductions. Uh, the uh, So it, at any rate, we have di- differing, uh, I guess, definitions or criteria for what actually defines a seduction. Um, it's a stoopduction. I don't know what that means, Kelly. Wand. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't I know. It means that you have to
1: be on your knees.
0: Whoa, 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 now,
1: now I'm seduced by dingus for
0: hearing that. What are you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm going first is what I am because I'm introducing next week's 3 by 3 So my number three pick is, is uh, Kathleen Turner seducing William Hurt in uh, Body Heat, which uh, I watched it, and I don't know a lot of the early – noir movies uh but i know enough to watch body heat and see how ridiculous and overblown some of the interplay is between them and i know that it's a nod to those earlier noir movies so i like the ridiculous overblown quality of that seduction i like that it's a nod to early noir um but but full color here uh and i like both of them in it uh, despite his cheesy mustache so there's my number three pick is kathleen turner seducing uh uh, William Hurt in Body Heat. By just
1: standing in her house while he throws a chair through there.
0: Well, oh, there's some lead-up to
1: it. I love the way she stands there. No,
0: I know. There's some lead-up to it. That's, right. that's <laughs> the, Kelly Wan, that's the, the cherry on top of the sun. The seduction Sunday. Tom, please.
2: But also... This month's, uh, this month's issue of Cosmo, how to stand in your dining room and seduce a man. How to,
0: how to drive your man wild by standing in a window.
1: <laughs> um, but that's not even a seduction either, because she's only going to game him.
0: It's not. Oh, not, I see. So it has to be. It has to be completely honest. There can be no ulterior motives when you seduce someone. For instance, a spy he, does he, not he seduce Moss. With with in good information. Well, seduction. He wanted her. Right, right, right. That's seduce yeah. him. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think yeah. that just means that I, all that means is that her job is easier. It doesn't mean she's not seducing him. Ah, uh, so, wait. You said last night at one point, uh-huh. rehearsal time, oh yeah, it's
1: a seduction. It's only a seduction if the one of the people is not willing to have sex. But No, I know. did not.
0: I did not. I said I used the word entice. A seduction is to entice someone into sex. Mm. And if you don't think Kathleen Turner is enticing in Body Heat, Kelly Wand... Well, yeah, but she's enticing I, by standing in her house, as I pointed out, And as I pointed out, there's more to it that leads up to that. That's a whole that's the, that's the finale and she's like, no,
1: we can't it's less than what she's doing.
0: <laughs> he doesn't need to do anything. She could even be dead. Wait, that have you seen out. the movie? I mean, there's a plot. She's, she's singling him out for a plot. Spoiler, by the way. If she just if she just does if she doesn't even meet him or talk to him he's going to want to have sex with her but he might not act on it. Yeah, him but every guy wanted to have sex
1: with her, so she seduced all of them, and he just got farthest because he has the mustache and the
0: uh,
1: chair. All right, <laughs> he never <laughs> didn't want to have sex with her. When when did he ever even need enticement? He just so him. Kelly,
0: one is your is your argument that 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 there is no seduction in body heat?
1: There is, but your definition oh. last night that you're moving the goalposts around on. Not that I was listening are ridiculous and
0: and an affront. My my definition last night is when Dingus picks a, a, a movie where two people hook up because they're into each other, or where you, Kelly Wand, pick a movie where two people hook up because they're into each other, it's not a calculated effort to entice someone into sex. Seduction has a dictionary definition. We don't have to use that, because as you pointed out, Kelly Wand, people can be seduced by power, by money, by greed, by... Satan or whatever, and there might not be sex involved, but there's a dictionary definition for what seduction is and body heat definitely lives up well, to you, that. You've chosen to, to say it's sex. It, that's fine. But the dictionary it, does too, that, by, by the way. Uh, no, it's fun to look no, it
2: doesn't, but that's fine if you want to <laughs> you say that.
0: You say the dictionary definition, the primary definition of the of seduction Marian in the dictionary does not mention sex. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Hang on, which dictionary are we going to use? I just <laughs> actually typed seduction into Google, and the first. Uh, thing this is how out. we lost the last podcast, probably. Miriam Webster online says, and and well, sure that's true. it, is well, is so
2: it might it might say especially, but it doesn't say that is the only reason. So you right, can there are. The,
0: Okay, right. So that, that's how we lead to Kelly Wan giving us things about uh, oh, he was seduced oh. by money. Or, oh, in zapp so-and-so was seduced by... Uh... Hey, spoiler! <laughs> Jesus. Well, we can put him on the table, I guess, if we want to Well, just...
2: the, the, the dark side of the Force is seductive,
0: too. Exactly, so. exactly. Right, right. So if, if you want to use Star Wars as your pick, I'm just saying, you guys are sitting here trying to tell me that body heat is not an example of seduction. It comes oh, no, to... no, I'm saying
2: it definitely That's is, I'm just preempting to that mine aren't. So, yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree. that body hated seduction.
0: Okay, but I don't feel that two people. I don't feel that two people who go on a date and it works out well and they hook up because they like each other. Like I, I won't name the movies. I mean, Kelly Wan's number one pick of Zapped. That's I don't even understand what that was. So I'm going to. Oh yeah, she doesn't want to. Have a second you guys with both have on your list, and it's fine if you want to have if you want to sort of have a general definition of seduction. But you guys both have on your list a date that goes well. That is not someone trying to entice someone else into sex. It's not the traditional definition of a seduction. That—that's my only point. Mm-hmm. Body heat definitely. Well, is well you're you're actually
2: wrong about mine because because they eventually get there. I mean, seduction can
0: take a long time. So, ba- so basically, Dingus, anyone who eventually Generation. has sex, anyone who eventually has sex, it begins as a seduction. Yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the, again, I,
1: that's your own definition of the The one. vagina is seducing You'd... the penis. That's what it says <laughs> in Titicus.
0: All right, now well, Dingus, time. give us your number three pick, because this one, your number three pick I like. I think it's, a, it's, your, it's your only legitimate one. <laughs> I'm seduced by verbal quibbling, so,
2: Tom, you're really... Wait, hey, Tom, you've never I, seen so, the number one, so you have no idea.
0: You don't but, even know what the name of the number one means in English, so there. Uh, yes I do. What do you I'll well, save about? it for when we get to it. We'll, we'll have more on oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my number three is of course Thelma Louise and it's uh, Brad Pitt seducing uh, Gina Davis uh, by when she asks him how he is a bandit and she, and he tells her uh, his whole, uh, his whole path his whole patter of how he does uh, a heist and he uses a hand uh, a, a hairdryer to do so, you know, uh, nobody lose their head, nobody lose their head. And, and he's doing this with a, a hairdryer in a hotel room. And then he goes up next to her and she says, you're a real outlaw. And then he intertwines his fingers and hers. And he's, seduces her. And this is, you know, again, what I said last night is that I don't think Thelma Louise holds up. I think it's a pretty silly movie. Um, but I love him in this, and I have a total man crush on him because I think he's just so great in this movie. This is the first time you've really seen him. And if you remember that moment where you watched Thelma Louise for the first time back in, what was it, 1991, you're like, holy cow, who is this guy? Um, again, with the abs. Uh, you're like damn this guy's really good he's really charismatic he has great chemistry with Gene and Davis and they've got this great relationship there in the motel room where he's completely seducing her and this is the first time she's been properly laid as we find out the next day uh, I love the way that scene I mean it's a short little seduction scene um, but I just remember it making a huge impression on me when he's just sort of moving down her body and, and taking panties and all these little, great little details. But what leads up to it is him telling the story of robbing liquor stores and how that completely
0: seduces her. So, yeah, film in my is. So, Dingus, so far on your list, you have one seduction. Very good. All right. Yes. Kelly <laughs> Lodd, what yeah, is. At least what? I have one. <laughs> Well, we'll see how the rest of them go. We'll see, <laughs> uh, Kelly. Kellywan, what's your number three pick for a seduction?
1: I just use my herniated discs as abs. <laughs> I mean, I'll do a line, uh, something about Pinot Noir.
0: Well, we can we know from last night what it is. It would be that's much right. of a so guess. It's a, it's a Ringo
1: Kikuchi movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon. So the Wiz. So always the one you least expect. Um, the Whiz. Did they remake that? With... Never mind. Um, white people. Paul Giamatti in Sideways gets Madsen by counter-seducing her <laughs> after... <laughs>
0: So she's trying to seduce him, and yes. he turns it around on her and seduces her. Yeah, you know her. what? Here's
1: the thing. If he, he hadn't – listen to me. If yeah, he hadn't yeah. said something smart back, she would have right. gone, all right, well, my usual speech didn't get the awesome speech back that I wanted to have sex with the man who said of, towards, ergo. Oh, wait, he's different from his friend Thomas Hayden Church. I guess I'll have sex with him since they're different people.
0: Uh, I love the scene. By the way, the seduction in that movie is Thomas Hayden Church to the waitress at the steak joint. He seduces her. By doing what? (laughs) By showing her, by saying, recognize this and holding the napkin up to his face because, you know, he had been on a soap opera as a doctor and wore a surgical mask. Remember that? Oh. (laughs) So
2: is it a seduction when in that first scene between Thomas Hayden Church and Sandra O at the wine bar?
0: Uh, I think her slapping her fanny is a little seductive, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Wait, why does he use a napkin for the surgical mask if he's a
2: doctor? He's got a broken nose.
1: Oh. Uh, oh, there's that, wait, too.
0: Wait. Yeah, that's. He her does, st- that's right, because that's after Sandra O oh has taken a, a motorcycle helmet to his face. That's <laughs> right. right. She's <laughs> all you're married. My God, that makes sense. that scene even more pathetic now to remember that. That's right. Wait, then he dingus, has to get his
1: wallet back from... Dingus,
0: you don't understand his plight. You don't understand <laughs> motorcyclists. Obviously. Uh, so what Dingus was, was referencing is... Uh, yeah. Uh, Ginkgo Biloba is all I can think. Ginkgo Kikuchi? Is that her name, Dingus? Oh my god. I was, you guys. <sighs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to. Anyway, the actress who my was. My racist
1: accent is the least racist thing on <laughs> the My actress... racist accent. A Memoir by Kelly Wong.
0: <laughs> Uh The actress who was in Pacific Rim was in a Japanese remake of Sideways, and she played the Virginia Madsen character. Um...
1: Wait, what's her speech about? my. Somebody... Haha! <laughs> Racist! Ouch! Wait, is it, is it the same kind of speech though? Does she just go on
0: and on? Oh, I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. I just know that. Why would I see a Japanese remake of Sideways, Kelly? Wong? Is
1: everyone else the same actor except her? She just plays Manson. I, I,
0: I, I promise you, I have not seen it. I cannot answer that question. I don't know. Uh, I did look at the cast list and didn't recognize any of the other names, but I think
1: that's where you stopped.
0: And that's where your interest ended.
1: Hey, who's in it? Uh, mm, you, okay. I
0: saw her name when Back I was.
1: To Sharknado. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. Only one Kikuchi.
0: Yeah, Kelly Wan, check that out for me. The uh, Japanese remake of All Sun. right. Let me know how that is. Uh, all right. My number two uh, is seduction. Um, I've mentioned before that anytime you see a movie and there's a teacher or a professor giving a lecture uh, or somebody giving a speech and somebody's listening to it, a lot of times. Actually, almost always, if a director and screenwriter know what they're doing, the content of that speech or that lecture will mean something. will have something to do with the substance of the movie uh, and, and will oftentimes explain uh, the, the movie in its entirety. Uh, so in this movie, your friends and neighbors, Ben Stiller, we first meet his character. He's a, a drama professor at a college, and he performs this dopey little body French farce scene. And then he says to his students – Wait, I
1: thought you wanted me to say the line. Uh,
0: no, I have a line from my number one, the seduction line from my number one, that I will be having you read for the... the uh, <laughs> Kelly Wand. Yeah. All right, but mind. no, this one I can handle. This one I got, Kelly Wand, okay? okay. <laughs> They're not that different, so it's interesting that one... So, uh, but at any rate, so he gives a speech that... the. The substance of which is basically, look, everybody just, it's all about fucking is what he says. Uh, and that's what the movie we're about to see ends up being about. And one of the plot lines in the movie, uh, it's about six pairs of characters interacting with each other, uh, Ben Stiller has he seduces poor Amy Brenneman into having an affair with him and they're each married to someone else and he is such a clumsy blathering ineffectual douchebag while he's doing this but poor Amy Brenneman is just so confused and uncertain and we see how her marriage has stalled and how she's she's just really frustrated with that um, and so it's this, just this and, – and when it comes together, by the way, it, it doesn't even work. Like he can't – he suffers from impotence. He can't get it up when they, when they actually try to have sex. Um, so it's this completely ineffectual, clumsy seduction, and it's just one of the many painfully humorous – like your, your Friends and Neighbors is such a dark black comedy. Uh, and that seduction, Ben Stiller of Amy Brenneman and Your Friends and Neighbors, uh, is a classic example of that. So.
1: I still don't know how he got Catherine Keener's character though, and you haven't
0: explained. She's no great catch. She's well, pretty. A, she's pretty acerbic in that movie. I mean, I love her as an actress. Yeah, but, but she's she his rap. Well, she is a queen bee. In the, yeah, but it, the first bee, time
1: we see him, she's like, "Do you have to?" It's not a wait.
0: What's her line again? It's not a travelogue. I think we don't see her before. Yeah, they're having sex. Yeah, but it's not even I, good
1: I, then. Yeah,
0: you know, it's it's what. It's not even
1: good then. So, like, were they ever good?
0: I, I, I don't sure. think anybody's relationship in this movie is good. ever
1: good, except Jason Patrick's relationship with himself
0: uh, and with Timmy Carter. Oh yeah, Kelly, <laughs> that's I do that as my monologue when I go to auditions. The Jason Patrick. My- <laughs> <laughs> Dingus, what is your number two pick, and is it a seduction?
2: Well, the thing is I view seduction as a dialogue, not a fight. Don't be defensive. Just give him the line. <laughs> <laughs> a fight? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a dialogue. This isn't a battle. Nothing?
0: Oh, I see. I don't know what he's I don't know what he's referencing Kelly Wan, do you? Don't play dumb with me, chick. This All right. So Civic
2: Rim, we have a quarter staff fight and and what uh, what uh, Charlie Hunnam says. This is a dialogue.
1: With me, it's always a battle. By the way,
2: yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, so anyway, uh, point staff. Uh,
2: staff
0: aren't pointed, Kelly Wand. I'm not. Gonna
2: I don't think uh, a seduction oh. ha- necessarily is one party enticing another to do something they weren't necessarily interested in doing before. Of
0: course not. Then it uh,
2: work.
0: It's enticing someone specifically for sex. Oh. Or Especially first, for course. sex, but not specifically. No, not
2: eventually.
0: Enticing someone eventually for sex, Dingus, that's called dating. I didn't say eventually, I
2: said especially. That's <laughs> what the dic- the dictionary definition is, since you wanted to talk about that. Uh, but I think, uh, I think seduction can go both ways and can be <laughs> sort of a, more of a dance rather than uh, a, a monologue or whatever. So anyway, uh, my, my number two is Before Sunrise, and it's... Uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy uh, on the train and then for the rest of the night. Um, but it's also it's till sunrise huh. and, <laughs> and before midnight, before midnight, Say the same uh, day and after lunch break and then before noon <laughs> and elevens, um, elevens is my favorite of these movies, by the way. Uh, but it's it's. Initially, it was just him enticing her to get off the train.
0: You used the <laughs> word seducing her to get off the train before. Oh, he's, sorry, uh, I he's apologize. Seducing her off of the train, <laughs> really, he is. And it's it's this
2: wonderful little. I, I love watching this movie again. It was just such a joy to watch it again, um, to watch what was going on and the the way that this chemistry was developing between them, and him coming up to her and saying, "Look, there's." We have a connection here. Uh, you should get off the train with me right now. And that's a seduction. And that leads to other things later on, and oh, an incredible first kiss, and other things that <laughs> happen later on. Uh, and I believe that that is seduction. I don't have to. If you, you try saying in, in just uh, we – one guy tells a girl – let's go have sex and that's seduction that's not just seduction there's other things that are seductive besides something that leads to sex I can't I can't you stand,
0: you, do you support Kelly Wan's choice of sideways uh, yes but not the movie of course you do we got before <laughs> sideways Kelly Wan what is your number two pick for a seduction or a hookup or dating or just simple flirting in a movie
1: Hey, you know what I would have called the sequel to, uh... <laughs> Your favorite what? thing in a movie. Yeah. Did you see he what he there, Kelly? Yeah, I see. Sadly, I see. <laughs> but, uh... I don't know why Dingus picked a Twilight movie for his number two. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least the second one, because it's marriage. All right, I'm going to do... Kelly,
0: who's more seductive, Taylor Lautner or Robert Pattinson?
1: Hmm. Uh... The cross-eyed werewolf or the cuckold <laughs> to Snow White. It's the correct actually. answer is always Taylor Kitsch.
0: Oh. Remember when we couldn't think of his name?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of bummed that...
0: Because I thought how? it was Taylor
1: Hackford. Right, and that's a director. Right, And then Dingus corrected us in this tone. It's Kitsch! Like, <laughs> that annoyed. Like, the same annoyance when in White House Down, he saw. The kid's name is... Connor, not Billy. <laughs>
0: wow, right? you, he so got it's... you to remember it, though, Kelly
1: Wann. Yeah, because it was really cute to me that Dingus was that.
0: <laughs> he really had an investment in Timmy. Um, Timmy Carter. Timmy was Carter was. was the name of the kid in White House Down. Timmy Carter.
2: Um, pop quiz, what's the name of Idris Elba's character in um, Pacific Rim?
1: Spectre Protestant. Uh, no, Pentecost. Heather, nope. Pro- Heather, Heather, Pentecost.
0: Nope. It's. I, it's nope. It's. Uh, it's uh, Missy Baptist. That's your answer to everything. <laughs> this is true.
1: Focus. It's Moving seven. on. Never Tell Juan,
0: you Your number two pick for flirting, seduction, romantic interaction, hanging out, hanging out. Just two characters hanging out. What's your number two pick?
1: Two people passing notes in class. What's your favorite? Pass notes in class. Moment. My number two, number two for any topic ever is, uh, I'll do a quote from it. <clears throat> I'm
0: gushy. We we actually do know what this is from, Kelly. Wanda. I Why are
1: you being quiet that. and acting like you don't know? Why don't you? We're going oh, we're, we're, we're gonna let Duh. you think. We're gonna let you about it now. Well, I was waiting for Dingus to go, oh, that's rape. That doesn't count as seduction.
2: Uh, okay. So now we're talking about rape?
1: Okay, go ahead, guys. That's good. Tom, and you go.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not sure how I went. I, lo- I love this pick. I mean, I think it's a great example of a seduction. It's I a seduction. love it. I love both of the actors in this. I'm a huge fan of this movie. This movie, by the way, single-handedly makes me want to see a comic book movie. Because do you know, Kelly Wan, that James Gunn, the director of Super, which you're about to tell us about, is directing this uh, Avengers of the Infinite Galaxies, or whatever. Infinite Avengers. There's some comic book about a tree and a raccoon and a and a commander. A <laughs> <laughs> it's, i It's I know there's a tree and a raccoon and a commander dude and I think there might be like an invisible or a flaming girl or something like that. And well, they're the uh, they're uh, the they're the protectors like the Avengers. You open with tree, which <laughs> is <just> interesting. <laughs> well, that's one <laughs> of them. <laughs> came
1: third after the raccoon. But, all right, all right,
0: okay. Tree, but that's rac- what it is. This is a comic book called something like The Infinite Avengers of the Galaxy. Or it's called something like that. And uh, James Gunn is doing the adaptation of it. Um, and the director of Super. When did you
1: Because so, you didn't mention it last night. Uh,
0: well, we didn't talk about yes. it, that movie last night. Uh, when did I learn this? I mean, I think it's been known for a while that this is his next movie, um, and hopefully he can bring some of the irreverence and the heart that was in Super to this uh, infinite galactic dude thing. I don't they also, know. I just, they do. Thanks for shooting me down, Kelly Wand. Guardians of the Galaxy. He did it, it, but he's very straightforward about the fact that he knows it was silly. So, there. What did you say it was called? Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was more dramatic than that. That's pretty dramatic.
1: Saldana plays Gamera in it. And Michael (laughs) Rooker plays Yondu.
0: Holy cats, Michael Rooker. That's awesome. I don't know who Yondu is, but... uh... Who plays,
1: Toro plays the collector. Uh, Chris Pratt plays Peter Quill, a.k.a. the Star-Lord, while Karen Gillian <laughs> plays Nebula, and Lee Pace plays Ronan the Accuser. Michael Hooker only gets Yondo. Dave Bautista scored big with Drax the Destroyer, while C. Riley is bringing up the rear with Roman Day. <laughs> None of the other actors have names.
0: Kelly Wan, you've made my day. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't know any of what you just said, but it sounds – the fact that James Gunn has to figure this stuff out. uh, Uh,
1: Yeah, and the raccoon guy's first build and has two names. Quill and Star Lord, such no connection there.
0: Wait, wait, Star
2: Quill, Lord James is, is listening to Star-Lord's... this. And he's like, "Oh, great! Now I have to come up with all these characters."
0: Wait, yeah. Star Lord is the raccoon. The raccoon's name is Star Lord.
1: It's a secret identity, Peter Quill. is super. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, <laughs> raccoons don't have quills. That's, that's
0: poor. No, that might be they... his superpower. <laughs> uh, Kelly, Wand, I've actually uh, in this game called Marvel Heroes that I've been playing. You, you, it's like. It's like Diablo, but you're playing <laughs> <Yeah>. as superheroes. What what levels your uh, Dazzler? I have a Hulk, I have a... no, I don't have a Hulk, I'm sorry. I have a I have a Wolverine, I have a Jean Grey and I have an Iron Man. But one of the characters I don't who's from this is the Raccoon and his name in the game is I think like Rocket Raccoon.
1: Uh, I think I've issue one of that, but I sold it to
0: a kid for a baseball. Nice move Kelly Wand. You could be rich. At any rate, so uh, James Gunn, whatever he's going to do with this this raccoon named Star Lord in in the Guardians of the Infinite Galaxies, I'm totally looking forward to this. <laughs> you got it, the word it, put "it," but I like the, the,
1: I the that galaxy. <laughs> 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 like even the Marvel comics know how that you're like, they're smarter than you. Like well, Infinite
0: right, Galaxy. But. Well, on, well, let's look backwards at what, what James happen. Gunn. has done. The galaxy goes on forever. <laughs> Tell one. Tell us about your favorite seduction scene from Super.
1: Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Wait, that's Slither. Um, similar. What? Wait, that's well, also James Gunn. Yeah, right. To what I'm saying. Yeah, very good. Okay. Um, but this is a different movie that I chose as my number two seduction scene. Ellen Page as Bolty in Super. I forget uh, Rain Wilson's name, but um. She's like wearing a little green
0: costume
1: and she's trying to seduce him and he's resistant. Is yep. that
0: what happens? Yep. And uh yeah, he uh she even appeals to his love of the outfits by suggesting that he put his mask on and she'll wear her outfit and uh she's so enthusiastic in that movie. Yeah. God I love her in that movie. And that's such a like weird seduction scene too. She's so like inappropriate and yeah. <laughs> just uh yeah.
1: Every scene with her is super inappropriate.
0: Here's uh, Super inappropriate. I watched a movie, no lie. I'm, I'm flipping around on Netflix, and at one point, there's a movie called Ghost Cat. And I'm like, what is that? Right. And I'm like, ooh, Ellen Page is in it. It's like one of our first movies. I'm going to watch Ghost Cat with Ellen Page. Right. So I'm watching Ghost Cat, thinking it's going to be a horror movie. It's not. It's like some kitty thing made by, like, the pet. Is there a pet channel? It's called, like, the Pet Channel or something. Yeah. Uh, oh, Animal Planet. Uh, it's the Pet an Channel. <laughs> it's Animal
1: Pet Planet. Channel.
0: <laughs> Animal Planet. Uh, it's an Animal Planet production about, Planet. Uh, about this cat who I think was around when an old lady died in a house. And Ellen <laughs> Page moves into the house with her father and has a psychic link with the cat and learns a mystery about what happened to the old lady. That's it's, not a ghost. Well, no, no, but the cat has ghostly powers. But the thing is, it's totally like, it's, it's like <laughs> for kids. to. It's like, it's like a movie for, like, eight-year-old girls. It's like a totally kiddie movie. That's uh, Yeah. You watched how much of it? You eight-year-old? Well, I left it on. I didn't turn it off or okay, anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're I'm a cat
1: fan and an Ellen Page fan.
0: Exactly, right. I and mean, you like right. your ghosts. Was, did it ever get good? Like towards the end, you go? was it like Sawyer and the kid with the gun? No, yeah. no, it had, it had no redeeming value whatsoever. Other than man, Ellen Page was young, and uh, she, she, she still him, does look young. So always, you
2: guys know that she rapes him, right? Honestly, this not a seduction; it's a rape.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: You guys are going nuts.
1: Oh my! Wait a minute. Hey, A, uh, hey, it isn't. It can end in rape. Seduction is.
2: Stop talking now. I just have to tell you But it's a guy.
1: Yes. Guys can be raped. That's Hello. like that's like making a
0: guy fart.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're squeezing you're you're squeezing me too tight, Kelly
0: Oh Jesus. Anyway, my number one pick for a favorite seduction uh is a movie that very few people like. Among the few who do like it are me and Dingus. Uh it's a Jane Campion movie called In the Cut. And one of the reasons that I think people don't like it is because um <laughs> I'm gonna uh, Meg Ryan. I almost said Amy Ryan. Uh Meg Ryan uh plays it's not her normal cute romantic comedy kind of part she plays this frustrated cerebral uptight intellectual character she's a poetry professor and she sees uh she's witness to a murder and the detective who comes to talk to her is played by mark ruffalo and he on the other hand is very blue collar he's very direct he's aggressive he's uncouth um and he has that same cheesy cop mustache uh, and he ends up seducing her. They they end up together. Uh, I love the way the movie is shot. I love both of their performances. Uh, it's a great piece of work by Jane Campion. And I think part of the criticism against it is it's just not Meg Ryan's usual role, which is one of the reasons I really like it. Um, she's Wait, that's good a
1: complaint it. people have about things?
0: Well, I think that's why it scored so low amongst most critics, is they're like, okay, we're going to see this romance with uh, uh, Amy, uh, Meg Ryan and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> She's and in your head right now. It huh. ends up – well, she's always in my head, right. uh, Amy Ryan. Uh, it ends up being this really dark, very hot, highly erotic uh, sort of love-slash-murder movie. Um, so Kelly Wand, when he seduces her, I am going to text here, here. – I want you to read oh, yeah. this, Kelly Wand. Here's what he says to seduce her. Here is Mark Ruffalo to Meg Ryan. Kelly Wand, take it away. Are you still typing it? There. Oh.
1: Hey, listen. Wait, is this you talking to me?
0: No, no, no. Oh, good Lord. Oh, no, no. This is Mark Ruffalo talking to Amy. Uh, oh, okay. Meg Ryan. All right. Amy, hey, Amy, Amy, Amy. Hey, Kelly,
1: listen. It's me, Tom. I could be whatever you want me to be. You want me to romance you and take you to a classy restaurant, no problem. You want me to be your best friend to fuck you, treat you good, lick your pussy, no problem. There ain't much I haven't done. The only thing I won't do is beat you up.
0: Kelly one, you get the part. We're going to cast you. Well, I would have read it differently as a woman character. We're going to cast you in a remake of In the
1: Cut opposite Heather Thomas. I'm not good with my Amy Ryan impression. Wait,
0: uh, is this a good movie that I would enjoy? Yes.
1: Yes. yes. Oh, you okay.
0: definitely see In the Cut. Uh, I think anyone who likes actors, who likes the way no, that Jane Campion... That. Well, Jane Campion, uh, it's very much in the same territory as the piano. Uh, yeah, I quite like In the Cut. I'm a holy smoke apologist. I know, that's weird. I don't understand that. Kate, Harvey Keitel, That's so. because you like Harvey Keitel wearing a dress and cowboy boots. Well... I like Battles of the Sexes in movies, remember? Dingus, what is your number one pick for a seduction in a movie? A, and I'm putting, I'm putting air quotes around seduction for you, just to <laughs> give you right, some leeway. So
2: it's, uh, it's the movie Une Laison Pornographique.
1: What's that mean? What's pornographic mean again?
0: It means an affair of love. No, it doesn't. It does not. It's not. I know a little French. I know enough French to know that's not what that means. I have a little so Frenchman
1: in me. Who
2: is the little French that you know, huh? Herve.
1: I mean, love? So Wait, porno means love, so porn sight means love sight. Yes, exactly.
2: We're all done. So in liaison pornographique, uh, there's a woman uh, who we only know as Her who um, puts an ad out there so that she can have... An Ooh, ad. ad! And a man that we know only as him answers that ad, because they both want to have an anonymous affair. And they meet together at this cafe, and okay. the idea is that they're going to meet, and it's sort of an interview. Uh, are we going to move on to the next stage of this affair or not? And the, sitting there talking to
0: each other and interviewing each other is a seduction. And Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Wand, when you got your job uh, down there at Carbine, did they seduce you before they hired you?
1: No, we just had sex.
0: <laughs> you didn't come in for seduction? No, it the was, job.
1: It was no <laughs> enticement needed.
0: And Kelly Wand, did you get hired?
1: Mm, that, was, that was extra. Did you get hired? Uh, I wouldn't call it hired. I call it sex. Well, it, if it's pro-creative... Well done. You got sexed. Uh, I don't think I did it right.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> it's, anyway, the, it's uh, the, the the way this relationship develops um, is just a beautiful seduction between two people um, who find themselves in a hotel room and in a relationship they, they did not expect when they want, just wanted an anonymous affair. So there you go. Uh, une liaison pornographique.
0: What's the movie with um, Ted Gummett? Uh, it's with Carrie Fox, and who is the lead actor in Angels and Insects? <laughs> Help me out. He looks like our friend Troy. Dan Brown one? No, that's Angels and Demons. Angels and Insects is a Philip and Belinda Haas. It's about oh. a, a, a butter, Patsy Kensit is in it. It's
1: about,
0: a, oh. it's about an etymologist. Who plays that guy, Mark? That what's his name? Oh. Anyway, what's the movie where he has sex with Carrie Fox every Wednesday, and they don't want just—I <laughs> can't think of his name. They don't want to be connected. That uh, they don't want to be connected, and they just have sex and then go their separate ways. And it opens with this very graphic sex scene. I mean, there's actual penetration. Well, um, it's a they,
1: temporary connection.
0: And they go their separate ways, but he gets curious, and he follows her, and he meets her husband, and he kind of insinuates himself in, into her life. I'm pretty sure you've seen this. Do you not know what I'm talking about, Dingus? I do, but I can't for the life of me One, think about what you're talking Can about. Can you remember the actor's name? Uh, <sighs> no.
2: About All right, that? well, but you're uh, you're also making me think of another movie
1: now. Ooh. <sighs> Rant, harsh. No, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's dingus <sighs> by coincidence. Kelly, Wan oh. help
0: Kelly Wan fill, uh, uh, fill in the something. blank. Yeah, while we uh, look this up on. Um... Well, <laughs> is it my time for my number one? And then we can just get back. Intimacy, intimacy is the name of the movie. Oh, uh, okay. and and, uh, and, What's and the actors. Uh, the actor is Mark Rylance. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But anyway, your, your description of uh, the pornographic love affair, or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> made me think of intimacy.
1: Uh, That's redundant. That's like saying the La Brea Tarpets. Uh, and the
0: director is someone named Patrice Chereau. but it's an English-language movie, so don't worry. Unlike if you were to see the, the porno lovers, <laughs> you will not have to read subtitles.
2: Uh, the director of my movie is uh, Frederick F- uh Fontaine, by the way, and it's beautiful. It's a Beautiful Seduction. So uh, don't listen to these two goofballs. It they is. don't know what Seduction is. Dom titles.
0: Well, speaking of not knowing what Seduction is, Kelly Wan, what's your number one pick? <laughs> you know, yes, Kelly listen for that.
1: Yes. I'm going to do a line from it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I think Scott Baio's character, whatever his name is, just got zapped by telekinesis.
0: Remember Kelly Wan, when we used to post the three by threes, and yeah, you, know, you would routinely pick Zapped, and I, in earnest, this was not to, to grief you. I would spell it when we would. I would write these out. I would spell it Z A P T. I Wait, really that was it. to grief me, or was it was it? not. I really thought for some reason I was like, oh, that's how they spelled the name of that dope. Dopamin- so for Zapped again, so like Pwned. That's exactly right. right. Exactly, yeah. But so for Zapped again, would you do?
1: Z-A-P-apostrophe-T-A-G-apostrophe-I-N. Yeah, again gin. you. Exactly. <laughs> Made fun of Tom there. Anyway,
0: my right. introduction. Okay, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> well, Kelly, why don't we do have... Uh, we have wait! Oh, yes? <laughs> I oh, I'm not sorry, were you going to actually zapped. try to explain why you picked Zap? Okay, yeah, go ahead. So I don't...
1: Wait! Jesus. Who wouldn't want to miss that? Because I learned from it and it got me actual seduction victims. I mean um partners. Benefactors. Yeah. Yeah, Co- benefits. Without friendship, really. Um or benefits for that matter. But anyway, Willie Ames. Yes. Maybe from the hits from from enough. Who also gets Phoebe Cates in Paradise by Yeah, uh, but what's the name of the
0: movie? <laughs>
1: He gets Heather Thomas by telling her he's going to college, and also by using Scott Baio's telekinesis to make her boyfriend vomit on some barrels. (laughs) So the successful part. So I never told any girl I was ever going to go to college, because that seemed far-fetched at the time. But I did use Scott Baio's telekinesis to make... Listener submissions, you say. All right, um, we have some on the subject of seductions that I will now read. The first one comes from Yonatheme de Hilundo or something. I cannot wait to hear Kelly Wan butcher my name in various parts of this email. <laughs> I expect some of Kelly Wan's resigned sighing. I hope it's not too greedy. <laughs> he didn't predict that voice. I hope it's not too greedy. I also want Tom to find fault with my choices and have an extremely narrow definition of prostitute. My number three, Jonathan writes on, is Demolition Man, where Sandra Bullock's character wants to engage in sex with Stallone and says to him, would you like to have sex? Then she brings out two headsets and is repulsed by the idea of exchanging fluids. It's like they're podcasting. My favorite part is when Stallone's trying to refer to general intercourse by calling it the hunka chunka. They still end up doing it, it being put on VR goggles and looking at screensavers until they come. <laughs> I like the. It's C U M, too. Like he gets all technical. Never mind. The I'm your writing. That's all I'm saying. Stallone pulls out, of course. My number two is in Kickboxer. <laughs> <clears throat> I forgot I like this guy's list. <laughs> uh, so if I mangled your name appropriately. My number two is in kickboxing where GCVD picks up two Thai honeys by doing the splits while dancing with them and then spin-kicking their <laughs> boyfriend's faces to try and stop the imminent philandering. Uh, my number one is Speed. I wish Sandy B was a random tie slut, because then she'd be in all three of my choices. Anyway, the scene I'm thinking of... Wait. She's not... Okay. is the end. Keanu Reeves seduces SB by making the subway train go faster and then holding onto her while they use an empty train to murder tourists looking at stars on the Walk of Fame really poor salt in the moon's a successful seduction results in them having sex while the surviving tourists weep over their crushed
0: loved ones i think since he picked two sandra bullock sex scenes this is where i would like to point out that when i went to see uh, pacific rim i got there early and rather than just sitting in the theater and messing around on my ipad or whatever yeah. uh I went into, I was like, I'm going to go sit in another movie. You know, I'm going to go watch 20 minutes of something else. aloud you said that? That yet? I would never see. Yeah, I, I announced it to everyone in the theater. I Could said, hold sure. this chair. <laughs> I said, hold this chair for me. I'm going to go watch 20 minutes of something else. <laughs> chair. And then, and then I went. I bring my own chair and wander <laughs> around usually with it. So I sat in on not even 20 minutes, because I watched about uh, 12 minutes of it before deciding, you know what? I want to see this whole thing now. And then I left. So I watched about 12 minutes of The Heat, uh, and I am convinced that I want to see it. It's the guy that directed Bridesmaids. It's a very R-rated comedy. I saw a fantastic scene involving an accidental tracheotomy. Uh, actually, it's an intentional tracheotomy, but an unnecessary intentional tracheotomy in all of its R-rated glory. Uh, and I just really liked the interplay between uh, uh, Sandra Bullock and um, Melissa McCarthy. So, there you go. I'm now on record as saying I want to see The Heat. So, there.
1: I like Sandra Bullock, and I haven't seen her movie because she usually makes stuff I don't really want to see. But now... But you were the one who, who talked me out of seeing The Heat. Like, I probably would have just stolen into it like well, you did.
0: Yeah, based on the, the trailer.
1: Uh, it the hard. trailer is just so depressing.
0: Yeah. Uh. Eh,
1: I mean, it's a... I mean... Uh, I don't know. I like. I laughed in the trailer when she said, that's my mom. And, like, a woman flipped her off from a car. I thought that was funny.
0: I think you're laughing at the Hangover 3 trailer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <But just laughs> no, the Hangover 3 had no jokes in the trailer that I understood.
0: Just, that's my mom and a woman flipped her off? What?
1: No, not in that order. <laughs> a woman flips her off from a car and then Sandra Bull goes, who's that? And then Melissa McCarthy goes, my mom. Oh. There's some really
0: funny stuff with, with her family, with Melissa McCarthy's family in the movie.
1: Wait, let's go see it
0: then. Now you're getting me all hot and Let's bothered. do it.
1: I will totally go I see like it. I like both those girls. And it seems funny that they. Just,
0: so it's like So McCarthy's
1: playing Sandra Bullard. It's like
0: Kelly Watt is talking about someone in the secretarial pool. <laughs> I like both <laughs> those girls.
1: A secretarial pool? You never did an office. What the hell?
0: Did they even have those? I don't know. Are they- I've heard those words said in um, in movies, Kelly Wand. Do they wear bathing suits in them? <laughs> so- uh, but yeah, I will totally go see The Heat with you guys. You listeners, you're invited. Come with us. We'll all go see uh, The Heat We'll
1: together. have a night of The Heat together, and we'll yep. celebrate female comedy.
0: You want it? Here, I'm going to give you a line from The Heat. Are you ready? This actually might make you not want to see it. What? Well, here's the, if I give you the line, it's the titular line. Ready? Here's the that- titular line. Me and her, we're the fucking Heat. <laughs> that's a true line. That's an actual line from the movie. No,
1: I gotta be honest with you. When I saw the trailer, I thought it looked kind of funny. And there was a trailer line where Sandra, Sandra look like she swears a lot in it. Like maybe Melissa McCarthy. Nope, that's the point. Is I think she doesn't swear. Is that she's the more uptight one? I think she's there's a the thing involving a grenade ring where she swears. It looks kind of good in the trailer. Well, let's go see it and find out. Yeah, you like your grenade ring, Amity? I do. From Revil. All right. Robert Armitage writes, listeners aren't fucking hating us right now. Uh, number three, Rear Window Grace Kelly spends much of the film seducing Jimmy Stewart into marrying her. Is that a seduction, Tom? If it's marriage is the final? It is not, no. Unless you specify seduced into marriage. Listeners, keep on writing and Tom will keep <laughs> taking your ass out. Oh, wait, this is a good part. Even if she is seduced by the fate of Mrs. Thorwald, (laughs) the murder (laughs) victim, right? Oh, is that a spoiler? All right. Inserts. Richard Dreyfus seduces Jessica Harper nude into being a better actress, a better porn actress. Also, it's the only way he can get a boner. Also, also, Veronica Cartwright, neuter. (laughs) Tom, you love Veronica Cartwright. She's your Portia Doubleday surrogate? You, did you even know she had a nude scene? Besides alien? Okay. Number one, stripes. Any seduction that culminates in the use of a special...
0: Wait, I wanted to actually... I had you on mute. I wanted to address that. Uh, Veronica Cartwright is to me, as Charlie Hunnam is to Dingus.
1: You had me on mute? <laughs> <laughs> I had I had you on mute, Kelly, so you couldn't hear me. Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't understand the technical part of that. All right. You can leave me on mute while I do the listener submissions, if that's what you want. Uh, Paul Weimer, best seductions. A bit similar to last week. True. But here goes. See, we can never drive Paul Weimer away. He's a loyalist. Just like uh, that guy, Master and Commander, Huntingus. Vicky Anderson, Faye Dunaway and Thomas Crown, Steve McQueen, seduce each other over a game of chess in the original Thomas Crown Affair. Which I guess there's two of. You know, I say that with affection for Paul Weaver, he usually picks some low-hanging fruit for stuff, but then he just whips out a Thomas Crown Affair from, I don't know, what, 71? I'm uncomfortable with whips out. I'm uncomfortable with the word crown. <laughs> James Bond, Roger Moore, carefully uses a written tarot deck card, tarot card draw, to seduce the fortune-telling solitaire Jane Seymour in Live and Let Die. Because he has, like, 40 of the lovers, which... Isn't,
0: isn't that the Quinn medicine woman?
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. But that's when she... This is when she's, like, 19. She's Ooh. getting... Jane Seymour, okay. Uh, she's good in that. She's good in Sinbad. She's good in um, Head Office and Lasseter and that movie, The Haunting Passion, where a ghost
0: seduces her and Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. I'm leaving out anything. Man, Kelly Wan, you, you've got a mind like an encyclopedia of Jane Seymour. Oh, God, yes. Uh,
1: and number one, Valmont. John Malkovich uses guile, conversation, and misdeeds to seduce Michelle Pfeiffer and finds he is seduced himself in Le <laughs> That means an affair of love, Kelly Wand. That means not the one with
2: Colin Firth.
1: <laughs> French. Wait, um, is that a seduction, though? Because she's not seducing him back. She's not going, she's not, Michelle Fulfer's not trying to entice Malkovich. She falls in love with her, which is kind of different, isn't it?
0: Um... You don't
1: even care anymore, do you? All right. That's my take on that one. Philip Torta. Oh, this is a good one. No disrespect to previous applicants. (laughs) 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 Philip
0: Torta wrote that? Good.
1: Yeah, okay, that's him. And now the next one is... Yeah, no, J.K. J.K., Philip Torda, number three, Return to the Living Dead Part 2. <laughs> yeah, this one we... St- Zombie Joey finally uses Brenda. See, I get the first movie mixed up with the second one, because in one, his girlfriend's redheaded, and in the other one, she's blonde. But I think the first one's name's Tina, and that's the blonde one, and she's redheaded in this one. Finally uses, I think, redhead Brenda into letting him eat her brains, which from his third base by telling her how good, rich, and spicy her brains smell. So that's Philip Torta's idea of a seduction, Tom, Mm -hmm. is a zombie saying your brains smell good.
0: Kelly Wand, we have no way of knowing what's going on in the head of a zombie. We don't have that technology yet.
1: Why don't they want to eat their own brains? How are you going to do that, Kelly Wand? It's ridiculous. Well, they can't, but they can get through the skull. It's like they're the squirrel in Ice Age, huh, Tom? Remember?
0: I do like that reference.
1: Number two, uh, The Fly. Tom, do you remember a particular seduction scene of The Fly that you'd like to summarize in a word? Kelly Warren, I have one word. What?
0: <laughs> 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 Say it the way you food. <laughs> exactly the same. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's me quoting Jeff Goldblum. In The Fly. Che- cheeseburger. Wrong. It was the way you did it last night. Well, I had to get a little more emphatic with it last night because I wanted (laughs) to make it. That's how I I said it last night to, like, these It it was a bit, when I said it last night, it was a bit ejaculatory. I I definitely it just sort of popped out. I couldn't really control it. It just happened.
1: Is that Um. what you do when you see a cheeseburger? (laughs) You go,
0: cheeseburger! But you guys not remember the scene where he's talking to Gina Davis and he's trying to convince yeah. her to, to let him... And he just says, I have one word for you, and he even does this little hand motion thing. It's a non-fixed physical gesture. And he says, cheeseburger.
1: While well, as you remember it as...
0: Cheeseburger! <laughs> you make it...
1: Saying that. The smart scientist
0: character. Well, that, Kelly Wan, is why I never slept with Gina Davis. You yeah.
1: see. She got around, though, because Rennie Harlan, too. And then, uh... And Brad Pitt,
0: as Dingus mentioned earlier.
1: That's not real. He's (laughs) stealing her hair dryer. Oh, but the one I thought he was going to do from the fly is when she puts her pantyhose in the telepod, when he gets her back after cheeseburger time.
0: Yeah, that's more like casual flirting, I would say. But what's the one he picks? Because I do like this one. Jeff Gooblim seduces a woman at a bar by winning an arm wrestling match. I'm not sure that that's seducing so much. Basically, uh, do you se- if you go to a fair and you throw the baseball and knock down the three milk bottles, have you seduced the big, pink, furry elephant? And then a guy with superhuman strength just kind of drags you away, and you're already super drunk,
1: you barely even know what planet you're on, and then he carries you up nine steps, and then has sex with you, and then goes, hey, come into this spot. <laughs> and you go, you know what? Breaking the guy's arm, I can handle that. Your teleportation shit's too uh, kinky for me. Right, I'm not going to get in your pod. I'm going back to the guy with the one-handed man.
0: She has standards, Kelly Wand.
1: Number one, Killer Joe. So awesome! What a so great awesome. pick. Yes, don't spoil it, but it's wonderful, and intense in the best way possible. Very true. Philip Torta, yours is even more impressive than Tom's.
0: Well, and certainly so, better than uh, than Zapped and pornographic. I mean, you you awesome. haven't
1: seen. Oh, listen to that, Dangus. You hear that? Two movies you I haven't, haven't seen. It. I haven't seen either and, one. People. <laughs> I have never been so. At d- least Killer Joe is in English. I'll give it that. <sighs> <laughs> I agree with Dingus' music. Michael Ashley. Sorry, Kelly. Only one of my three is sexual. Why am I the? Never mind. Also, each one is a spoiler. That means you need to do some. Okay. Okay. Number one. Okay. See, his list is confusing because he went. He did one, two, and three, and then he went from to by, and then the film. So I got a little confused by it. how stupid I am. Number three, two children share a Rubik's Cube. Oscar becomes Eli's loving protector. By Morse code tapped on a wall, a step over a threshold, the dismemberment of some school children and let the right one in. Seduction?
0: seduction? Nope, absolutely, absolutely not. Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: that was a seduction.
0: Absolutely not. Kelly Wan, can I ask you a serious question? Absolutely not. Well, would you ever consider just jumping right in the sack with me That's and it, having sex? Kelly one, you're supposed to cut me off way sooner than that. That's really embarrassing if I have to keep going. <laughs> so let me try again. Take two. Well, would you ever consider just jumping right in the sack with sure me? And not. What is it? Sure, yes, but never with someone in your condition. Oh, condition. Well, let's talk about my condition. What's wrong with it? You should try standing downwind from where I am. It's Miller time. You know what I always say when it's Miller time. So, you know, what you guys just saw there? I just now seduced myself.
1: I'm going to keep listening until you finish <laughs> off.
0: No, because then that's where, that's all the scene. Then the scene ends. Or, it, or changes. Something happens. So Obviously, that's the scene. Everybody knows it. It's from Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Uh... Two children sharing a Rubik's Cube's yeah. not a seduction for you, though.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's so cute, isn't she? And then she has to make those fucking sex in the cities. So anyway.
0: Kelly Wand will always have mannequin.
1: And porkies. Ew. Anyway. She's in porkies? Yeah, she's Tim really Cattrall? cute porkies. Wow. Her, i see her, that. Her butt's in it. Oh. She's like a cheerleader. She's really good at it, and then she's not in the next two. She's already mm-hmm. moved, she's already traded up to... Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from priests, gentry, and hundreds of peasants gather to watch Jean-Baptiste execute for murder, uh, and then fall into a, an ecstatic orgy in this Jean-Baptiste supernaturally erotic perfume masterpiece, Perfume.
0: Who on this podcast has seen that? Uh, maybe Dingus uh,
1: is French? And person. we know he likes perfume because of the brown tip thing. You know what <laughs> Don't know. All right, here's the one I, I'm going to read it just as he wrote it. Okay. Michael Ashley. From Harvey has lost his fiance and two of his eyelids to the Joker's explosion to Harvey and the Joker's <laughs> heart for chaos by a nurse's uniform and rhetoric. <laughs> Film The Dark Knight.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what these. All right. <laughs> it's it's interesting that Kim Cattrall is your most quoted sespia. It's
0: Miller time. Well, you know, next to Harrison Ford in 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 the Star Wars. Yeah.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 my clashes runner-up is the History of the World, Part One. Gregory Hines, Feather. Scott Andrews writes, uh, the quote is, keep still, this is the tricky part. Do you remember it? It's the like one you guys liked. It's the only one where you guys agreed on it. Still,
0: this is the tricky part.
1: Oh, I'm disappointed, dingus. Oh, dingus. I'm is... sorry. Really? Oh, I thought you're, I thought you're, getting. I thought you're silently making fun of Tom for not knowing it. Like, oh, Connor. Uh, Eve is not led astray while giving James Bond a shave. Oh, right, right. Yeah,
0: Dingus, come on. That's one of your favorite scenes. Yeah.
2: But, but that's we seduction. Right? That's just a shave.
0: That's true. Uh, 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 by the way, it's a little known fact. Anytime Dingus has to shave, he has a beautiful model come over and shave him with a straight razor. And, it's, I don't, it's, I don't, it, I and he hires.
2: She just shows up. That's how I know it's time to
0: shave. Right, and he hires Roger Deakins to light it true story light it or the razor
1: mm. Brandon mclean good afternoon tom christian and kelly Wand. i tried to come up with only seductions which were actually successful but i couldn't think of any which were successful and interesting so these are the three best seduction attempts i hope that still counts ran and i think compared to the things you've probably skimmed past already in this podcast i'm sure you're fine oh no you're not this three is ridiculous what's wrong with you uh being beetlejuice beetlejuice tries to seduce winona writer for some reason she backs out of marrying him at the last second for some reason <laughs> why would she marry beetlejuice it's a terrible idea i agree with winona Ryder. i don't want to marry beetlejuice even though he gets to the i think ryan's being uh ironic though and i'm Dumbass. Uh, even though he gets her the best wedding dress, and he ends up with a tiny little head, cock blocked by Gina Davis with a giant sandworm. See, worms and flies, Tom. Gina Davis always involved in the seduction somehow. That's right. Number two, interview with the vampire: the story of poor Tom Cruise spending about a hundred years trying to seduce Brad Pitt, giving him everything he wants, including a terrifying child, cock blocked by Antonio Banderas. Hmm. You know what though? We only got that was that movie from Brad Pitt's point of view. So maybe in Queen of the Damned, number one in Labyrinth, <laughs> David Bowie puts on his tightest trousers and fluffs up his hair and makes a whole magical fantasy line entertain Jennifer Connelly. He even takes over her babysitting duty for the night, blocked by magic. I have no idea how this failed. Here's Rhiannon. Thank you, Anna. That was very sweet of you. Tom, please raise, get it, your favorite um, Jennifer Connelly seduction scene from a John Hughes movie.
0: Career Opportunities is John Hughes? (sighs) Yeah. No. Are you serious?
1: We didn't mention this last night to each other? Yeah. She's on the
0: horse. No, no, no. I'm right. I... I mean, I love Rhiannon's pick of Labyrinth, and uh, Labyrinth is definitely uh, this sort of Alice in Wonderlandy story with a very strong sexual undercurrent. Um, but uh, my, when I think of strong sexual undercurrents and Jennifer Connelly, I go right to Career Opportunities, where she is riding that little horse that you put the quarters in to it's seduce, to trick to trick, yeah, to trick Dylan yeah. McDermott or McDermott Mulroney, one of those two, and whoever <laughs> the other guy is. Yeah,
2: Fred Whaley. Long enough it's for Frank Whaley to do something stupid. And, and then what's great about it is that the poster is clearly photographed with her standing on right. her head. Oh.
1: What? What's that mean? Yeah. I'm
2: just saying, those are awful perky.
1: Oh yeah, and where are her they? Her ears? At? What? Her ears? Yes, her perky ears. Cause she plays a Vulcan. <laughs> uh. She can catch a 12 on those. <laughs> All right, runners up. Euphemisms.
0: Uh I did want to bring up uh, Little Isabella Furman and Peter Sarsgaard is a creepy uh is well the scene from Orphan. Um not my favorite seduction, it's a weird scene but uh certainly memorable. What do you guys got for runners up?
1: Uh it is a seduction. Yes, it is for damn sure. Uh, the whole movie is. It's like she, he's she's seducing him even when she's fucking with Vera Farmiga with the flowers and stuff, huh? Uh, my I had Rocky seducing Adrian with his armpit. <laughs> First Rocky movie <laughs> and, and audiences. That's so I,
2: have, I have Bogie and the uh, the bookstore girl. The bookstore girl seducing Bogie in uh, the the Big Sleep.
1: Where's well, the glasses? Yeah.
2: Well, so he's he's uh, he's set up sort of a uh, stakeout in that little shop, and she uh, she realizes, hmm. And so she takes off her glasses and she gets out some bourbon and lets one her hair down. And one thing leads to another, and then the shop is going to be closed for a few hours. What what goes on? You can tell. The one glasses. thing that
0: you. One thing that you missed by not hearing our rehearsal last night is Dingus did an impression of Bogey's reaction when the bookkeeper girl takes off her glasses and lets down her hair. Dingus, let's hear that again. How does Humphrey Bogart go when that happens? (laughs) Dingus did this little, ooh. (laughs) That was his, that's his memory of how Humphrey Bogart sounds when he's about to have sex. When... when when nice. He, when he looked at
2: me, <laughs> Never mind.
1: I said it too early. <laughs> no. Checkmate. Totally <laughs> Fuck just you, do guys. <laughs> hard, you know you used to be good, Tom. I just want to say at getting at egging Dingus on, like getting him to do that.
0: At getting him to go nice
1: or know anything like how do you do that what is it and but now he, he's he's so on to you he's I mean, on to me yeah he's wise to me i understand can't return to the king bad press <laughs>
0: Uh all right, well the next week's three by three is uh we we mentioned that a lot of the scenes in Pacific Rim were shot during the nighttime. Uh they took place during the night. You can control the lighting better, of course. Uh one of the problems with sunlight is it tends to be a uniform harsh glare for the most part. Um so nighttime you can finesse it a little better. Um however, sunlight has some important properties. Uh it kills vampires. It can cause really cool sunrises and sunsets. Uh, It's Uh, a great disinfectant. (laughs) It's a disinfectant, exactly. Thank you, Dingus. After years of uh, Republican administration, yeah, it's always nice to have a little of that. Even the Democrats can do with some of that. Uh, Sunlight in movies is what I want from you guys. I want your favorite examples of sunlight in movies. Kelly Wand. Do you have any questions about the use of sunlight in movies?
1: So the sunlight glancing off
0: the moon is what causes moonlight, so does moonlight count as sunlight? It could, Kelly Wand, if that's the angle you want to take for your pick of best use of sunlight in movies, absolutely. Does
1: it have to be our sun or any sun?
0: Like, Kelly Wand, Krypton has a sun. Krypton yeah. has its own sun, Kelly Wand. A red one. A
1: pretty red it one. It's red? Yeah, it's the same color as cape. That's what it's made from. <laughs> I read it uh, on Marvel <laughs> Universe uh, episode
0: three. You're awesome. Deleted scenes. Uh, we will be seeing next week. Do, ah. do we want to see the heat? Should we do that, or should we just stick with our original plan mm-hmm. to see
1: the Conjuring? I only say the Conjuring because the heat. It's hard to do comedies. I think like so it, Like this is the end. I thought it was maybe kind of a lame podcast. Because you always say it's hard to do comedies, but somehow we managed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's never like, I don't think anyone wins. Like, you guys didn't like it, and <laughs> I did. And I was like, all right, I thought it was funny, and you didn't. Like, I mean, because other people laugh at jokes that you don't laugh at in comedies, but you don't go, a person's a fucking idiot for not laughing at Nice!
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I will be seeing both movies. I will see The Heat. I intend to see the, the Conjuring. All I know about The Conjuring is that it's James Wan. He's the guy who did the first Saw movie, which I think one of the biggest problems with, with the first Saw movie is Saws 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and so on. The original Saw actually has some very clever stuff in it. Um, James Wan did a kind of a cool Kevin Bacon revenge movie called Death Sentence. Um, a lot of people liked Sinister. I didn't care for that. Um, so it's James Wan's latest movie. Oh, he also did... Is it called Dead Silence? He did a like creepy ventriloquist dummy movie as well. Uh, um, is Anthony Hopkins? No, please. That's magic. James Wan wasn't even born back then, I bet. Um, so at, at any rate, his, his latest movie is... <laughs> embarrassing uh, for him. Is what? I said how
1: embarrassing he hadn't been born yet. <laughs> what a fucking loser.
0: Well, I actually saw uh when before saw was even released I saw it at a screening at at Sundance and he and Lee Wanell who's the actor and the co-writer came out afterwards and did this Q&A and there were these just two kids I mean I think I think it was literally James Wan was something like 19 uh and there were these two kids who were just absolutely bowled over that he, you know they're from I think they're from New Zealand uh pulled over to be here. You know, that their movie was screening in America, that they had this, I think it had already been picked up at that point. Um, and I just remember how young and just grateful he seemed. Mm. Um, so I, I sort of in my head think of James Wan as this kid, um, but that was many years ago. So anyway, his latest movie is called The Conjuring. Don't know anything about it except that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are in it. I like both of them quite a bit. So I will be seeing both of those, uh, and I'm cool doing The Conjuring or The Heat. Dingus, do you have any preference?
2: Uh, I would prefer The Heat, but uh, if you're going to see both, then uh, let's see both.
0: <laughs> for the podcast, though. Kelly Wand, you, you, you want us to do the Conjuring?
1: I want the Conjuring, but let's see the heat, but I don't want to do an of the Heat. All right, here's the deal. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, no, just I'd rather do an of the Conjuring. Here's we'll, the deal. Why don't you do an of the trailer? <laughs>
0: um,
1: the trailer for the Conjuring?
0: But we have to let folks listening know what we're going to see. So here's what yeah, we're going to do for next week's podcast. All we right. are going to see The Conjuring. We are going to do a podcast for The Conjuring. Hey, let's however, have
1: listeners vote
0: and see which one they however, want. However, in this podcast for The Conjuring, there will be a The Heat update from at least one of the members of the podcast. <laughs> that I can promise you. Wow. Members. Maybe. Maybe as many as three. We'll see. But be sure to see The Conjuring to uh, join us for that podcast. Uh, for the podcast the heat's already been out for like a month or so now so sorry maybe in the update there might be minor spoilers uh but uh <laughs> join us for that if you have any picks for best use of sunlight in a movie email them to us at three by three at quarter to three that's the number three the letter x the number three at and then you spell out quarter to three dot com we would love to read your picks on the air
1: which would uh, op- so, would you guys rather want? If I get whatever gets more votes, that'll be the Opsis of those two. How's that? Or is that a bad idea, Tom?
0: Whatever gets more. Are you are you asking the listeners to, to vote? Yeah. Because maybe they want an, a heat
1: Opsis. Maybe they don't <laughs> give a shit about anything. Uh, yeah. I think we'll need a Chondropsis. All right, all right. That's yeah. kind of the one I'd
0: rather write. But what do I know? Do you know what Kelly want Part of the heat update could maybe be a heatopsis. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay. All right, so join us uh, to see how next week's podcast turns out. I am Tom Schick. <laughs> I have been joined by Christian Mikulinski. It's Christian Murawski. I You just said the same thing that I just said. And Kelly Wand. <laughs>
2: The deeper the bond, the better you fight.
0: Where is my goddamn shoe? (laughs) Cheeseburger!